Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, if you're like me and you don't always have a chip present in your upper breast pocket... You want to look for something like this. Hoaxbusters call. Yo, what's going on? It's Monday, February the 3rd, 2020. Oh, man, what's going on? Oh, shoot. Test one, two. Somebody says in the chat, Muhammad Ko, yeah, can, am I coming through okay? I always do that, and I know it's probably annoying, but uh, it's, never, it's always good to be safe. Better to be safe than talking into the corner over here and then not having a recording. I guess it's going. Yeah, it looks all right. It looks okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, Deuce Juicer there at the beginning, little uh, snippet I pulled from, uh, it's actually Jay Dyer, check out Jay Dyer's site at Jay, jaysanalysis.com, he's got some good analyses on things, he's been on the call, he's a good friend of the Hoax Buddies and uh like to chat it up with Jay, um, yeah hopefully we can get a chat with Jay going at some time, not it not in the not too distant future. Did I already say the date? Yeah, I said the date. Yeah, it looks like some people have turned out. Cool. Wow. Alright. Nice. Uh guest eleven square circle. Guest seven. Mahatma Coat Oz. Richard Benedict seventy three. Guest three. Kalita Brigante. And okay. These other ones have left the call. I guess they got tired. I don't know. I played about 10 minutes of music while I was sitting here setting up. That's what the procedure is, man. I got to get everything kind of made sure that I have everything all the proper because I got like settings that have to be. And then I'm during the week if I'm messing around with recording things and then like I don't go back and reset everything according to what's required to do the calls and then I have problems so I have to like do some auto or I mean some do some testing but it but anyway yeah but typically people don't start showing up to like well into the call I think there's reasons for that too it's like a lot of stuff that's out there and I try to be mindful of this and avoid it as much as possible, but I'm doing it as we speak right now. It's like the the preamble of uh, anything, like a video, a YouTube video, or a podcast or whatever, is just like shop talk. Oh, excuse me. Dang. That's at uh, Western Bacon Cheeseburger. I ate 
it's like 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, containing, as far as I know, real animal meat, or in other words, the products of the uh, animal holocaust. But, um, yeah, I have so much stuff, it's pretty much just overwhelming, just, I mean, you know, typical, there's always stuff to talk about, the question is what and when, and I know, like, uh, I bought this book, The the Death Object, it's about the atomic bomb, it's by uh, Akio Nakatani, and I even have not even got around to, like, reading a whole lot of it yet. But I do plan. I haven't forgot about it, in case anybody's wondering. It's just that, like, if other stuff comes up, then it's kind of like I have my ongoing things that I talk about that I think are interesting. Um, one of them is, like, the atomic... Is is the atomic... Does the atomic bomb actually exist? Um... Uh, I'm at the point right now where I'm I'm thinking pretty much like with 90, I would say myself personally, like 99 degree certainty that there is no such a thing. But uh, yeah, I leave that 1% in there because it's like, yeah, it's, I've, I've heard other stuff. They say, oh yeah, if you, you can have an atomic bomb, but it's got to be under the right conditions. And then like the, like, no kidding, they say this kind of stuff. It's like Jupiter has to be like in the proper alignment so you get all the gravitation. It's like, yeah, okay, does something like that out there, something like, but that it requires you jumping through 1,800 hoops to get it to work? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I don't even think that. But like, yeah, but the but the idea that we're always taught, like, yeah, there's this arsenal of like, weapons and then you can like fire them and missiles and they can go across on the other side of the planet and like wipe out just like one of them will wipe out an entire city i mean or in the case of like what the russians have like one of them will wipe can potentially wipe out the state of texas no i, I don't believe that that's just golly that's stupid to me i don't know if it's um what it is about that that just really just gets on my nerves and nobody else's nerves, apparently. Well, I know there's, like, people out there. There's people out there that um, have science backgrounds, and they've, for some reason, have looked into the atom the claims of the atomic bomb and what they're saying. They're saying, no, this is just dumb. It's not true. Uh, a few guys out there, this uh, Akio Nakatomi, yeah, he's got a science background, allegedly, supposedly, what he says. But yeah, you know, I, I believe him. I mean, he's a professor of applied mathematics and statistics. Uh, is that is that physics? I mean, is a scientist. But it's okay if, like, you're going to say 97 percent of scientists agree with global warming, and then reference people like Bill Nye and stuff that that's not their specialty, but they're technically a scientist. Like Bill Nye, some kind of like engineer, but then he can be he can be among the all scientists agree crowd, even though he's not even a climate scientist. You see what I mean? But if you say that, oh yeah, science, there's scientists out there that believe that the atomic bomb is like totally out of line with uh, reality, then 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 it's like, oh well, they're not physicists. But I did I did contact the guy 
uh, at Lawrence Livermore Laboratories, and they were like they were archiving, taking the archival stuff, the nuke footage, and putting it in digital format. And then the then the guy was interviewed in the media a couple of times, and then there was some you know a couple of stories run on it, and they said, oh yeah, and it's like you know just it's just constant kind of over the years thing like you periodically they have to like in, interject a story something in the news to remind everybody that yeah you could any day now those bombs will go off and we'll all just be um you know like you, you know you see all the terminator movies where it's like you're just standing there one second and then and the next second later you're a you're a, a skeleton that's what's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And it's like, yeah, we live in this crazy world, and now they're talking about World War Three. I think it's a timely subject now, especially because all this talk about World War Three. It's like, oh, our nukes, because that's always brought up. Oh, our nukes going to go off. And it's like, um, are they going to, yeah, is it going to, oh, is World War Three going to be involving nukes? Uh, and then, um, but see, I mean, like if you're going to have, if you're going to retain critical thought, you have to, like, ask the question. It's like, yeah, do they even exist? I don't know. Like, what evidence do you have, actually, other than other than um, the government telling you that they exist, the authorities telling you, and the military? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I know. That's like they tell you a lot of stuff, and then, like, they're also pathological liars. So it's like, yeah, can't really take that. It's like, well maybe all the footage you can like look at that and believe it and it's like yeah it came out of a hollywood studio though so it's like i understand that it's it's footage but it's like they did admittedly create all that in a hollywood studio so there's that i i mean i don't know how how relevant that is to a lot of people's opinion on whether it exists but for me i'm kind of thinking yeah that's probably has something to do with something do I have evidence? Do I have evidence? Yes, I have evidence in spades. And apparently this guy that wrote this book has evidence in spades because he made a whole entire book. Um, can I prove it? No, I can't. Um, Scoo-doop, doo-doop, 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 doo-doo-doo-doop. Oh, in the chat. Who's talking in the chat? I get a network error has occurred. Uh-oh. What? Oh, just change browsers and things are live. Okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, you could try changing browsers. I don't know, like, the browser thing. This is the year 2020. See, I can go off into any kind of rabbit trail. I mean, I've been doing these calls. This is what happens. Like, you do these kind of monologues, and I think it rewires your brain after a while. Then you have this kind of, you're, you're developing this sort of ability to conversate, where you can just go off into tangents and then there's the kind of urge to do that and then there's a then there's the uh discipline of not going swerving all over the road and going off topic so it's like kind of this battle that you're going through when you're trying to do this but one of the things that came to mind during the week between doing the audios and I think weekly audios are good unless like uh like we were doing with the afternoon commute where I would do my one weekly thing and then have John come on and then like he 
he mainly is uh the the bringer of the content and um yeah, people ask me like, "Oh, when is John coming back on?" I don't I can't say that he'll never do audios again and but for now that's that's not in the foreseeable future, so I'll just leave it at that. Um let's see. The um yeah. Okay, my internet connection just dropped and came back. It'll do that sometimes. I don't know why it's doing that. Is it this new inter internet service I have? I don't know. It it has been working fine. I've talked about that, how I got this in new internet service. So I got online and I was looking around. It's like, what are the cell data plans? And then you get this Wi-Fi device and then you get your data plan and on eBay, you can look for data plans, and then there's like the AT&T uh, data plans that I guess people buy them and resell them. They get them, and they're and they're data plans for your device, where you stick the card and you have a device, and it's not it's not typically to make calls on your device. It's just so that you can get internet, and so they take these plans and they they repurpose them into plans that you can use for your Wi-Fi hotspot device. It's a device and you stick the card in there and you get internet. But to make a long story short, it's cheaper than, yeah, cable internet or anything like that. And it seems to work really good. I mean, I'm doing the, and then I've had like one little hiccup right there. But other than that, it seems to be working good. So I thought I'd throw in an update on, yeah, how well this is working. Because the last time I was ranting and raving about it, it was like I had just got it. But since then, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's been working good for the most part. Spoo-doo-boo, boo-doo-boo. And then, um, yeah, we're talking about, oh, yeah, changing browsers. And then because uh, some things work, this is what sparked my memory on something I was thinking about earlier this week. It's like, yeah, some things work, some things like don't work, but it, compatibility of browsers. Like you could have a browser, something look good in one browser and you open it up and it, and it kind of changes, but it alters. But for the most part, um, having worked in web development, that was like uh, when I was in the working world, working in the corporate world and stuff, that's what I did. I did interface design um, for 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 CD-ROMs back then, there was like CD-ROMs. Like uh, I've done, I've done different stuff for different corporations, like FedEx and uh, uh, nonprofits and uh, all kinds of stuff. So I kind of, I mean, the reason why I'm bringing up, which I rarely do, is just like for the sake of this. In other words, I kind of know what I'm talking about um, on this stuff. But um, the the. This is coming up a lot, and this is why I'm bringing this up now. It's like passwords, passwords for your get, getting on stuff. And like um, I have this uh, discuss, disquit, D-I-S-Q-I, discuss uh, account onto the blog. And um, I was talking about this last time. Some people have commented on the blog, and I, d I can't remember my password to get on the the discuss account. I had it and then I uh, purged all my uh, cookies and stuff. And then it's like, oh, what's the password for this? And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I can't remember. Anyway, I'll find it somewhere. But 
you know, the password dilemma. And um, I have a video saved in my notes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll post it. Maybe I won't because like I, I could just talk about it. Anybody wants to go look at this stuff can go easily find it. Um, so there, so you're starting to see more and more of this now, and it's the it's the Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution, where it's like, oh, you know that uh, passwords are a pain in the ass, don't you? And it's, oh, no kidding. No kidding. Like, you use the Internet. If you have any kind of, like, job that involves getting on a computer, you, you probably have, like, f at least a dozen passwords that you're trying to keep track of. And so for a lot of people, even more. And, like, me trying to do this, and uh, so I got I got a blog, and I got the TalkShoe account, and I got other little peripheral accounts surrounding it, and then I got... Uh, was it a couple of social media, Facebook and Twitter that I don't really do much with. But anyway, yeah, you get into lots of passwords that you have to remember. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And it's like this is something that um, I'm familiar with working in web development. I've done quite a bit of coding too. Like like I, 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 primarily when I got into it, it was graphic design and I do design, the interface design like – how to lay it out so that it's usable for the end user and then like I'd pass the design along to the coders and the coders would implement it and I and I work with the coders and tell them okay this needs to do this or this button needs to highlight and here's you know that sort of thing but the um uh, then I've then I've taken jobs where it was like I was running a one man show and I would do the coding and do the um some of the back end stuff a lot a lot of the front end stuff and uh well the whole thing but anyway, um, and here's why I'm bringing this up. It's like there's something called the this W. It's the W3C. It's like this consortium of uh, web standards, and and it's been around for a while. And the thing about it is, like, if you're going to develop software, like say a browser, where you can you can surf the internet, um, you're going to go. You're going to come across like all kinds of different websites put together by all kinds of different coders, designers, developers. And so they have to have a standardization of, of code is what I'm trying to get at. And that's where the W3C is. And then they sort of like establish like standards, like, okay, agreed upon standards. Like if you, uh, m you make a design and you're using like, say, uh, what's called a div tag, which is like a container tag that's going to like, you can set establish that as your background and you can you could put other attributes to it like the border and how much border is around it and how much uh maybe you want to put a, a rounded corner on the end and like some browsers will support that and some browsers don't support rounded corners um little kind of peripheral things like that but for the most part if you put a div tag in any browser is going to know what a div tag is it's just a standard thing. Um, but here's here's the point I'm driving at. It's like passwords. Like you go, and I just went to a site just the other day, and I was going to um, sign up for uh, looking at some auctions so I could, like, uh, some, sometimes I buy stuff and I fix it and I resell it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see if there's auctions in the area. So anyway, whatever, I signed up for an account. And it's like, oh, put a password in. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll just use... I have like a 
handful of passwords that I have memorized that are like sort of complicated and they have like, you know, special characters and this site says no special characters, you can't use special characters. We we want one number and it can only be six and it's like, okay, yeah, here we go. It's like there's no with passwords and there never has been any standardization. When on the other hand, like something as simple as laying out the code, there's standardization and this is what I'm trying to get in at. Like why hasn't like the W3C or any other like consortium or something like that have come forward way back when the internet started becoming popular and started knowing full well that this password thing was going to be an issue and it has been an ongoing issue and it continues to be an issue in the future. It's like so much of this could have been avoided if you would just have standardization standardization in in the password as far as like can you use upper lowercase number uh, characters um let's just have an agreed upon standard that says yes you can have it can recognize your password can recognize an upper and lowercase uh can your password recognize special characters let's just go ahead and make that a standard and say yes uh what what is the password length what can it be let's say 8 to 12 characters and let's just have an agreed upon standard for that has that happened has that been done is that something that's so badly needed and so conspicuously absent from the whole using the internet thing i think so but why is this why is this going on why is this going on and why is it continue to go on because it's problem reaction solution like i said at the beginning and then it's now it's like oh well you know what we thought of this that's like it's much easier and then now they're like incorporating into the your phones and everything it's like oh we can read it can identify your fingerprint and it can identify your face and it can log you right on and it's like okay and then you're going to tell me that that's more secure than a password because i was watching this thing and it's like there's these computer experts that were coming out and said actually the password is, is more secure than any of this other stuff and they were showing like these standard these devices that you have it's like on a keychain and you plug it in and it authenticates you in and it's like okay that can be stolen that can be it's like that's not very secure it's like well shit chris what about somebody's face isn't that secure it's like well yeah that that would be technically if we didn't live in the advent of things like 3d printers where it's like that sounds pretty crazy but yeah somebody can get photos of you or they can somehow get a hold of the data let's say here's an example and this is something you're seeing that's not being talked about much that's that's being used by crooks all over and it's making it super easy to steal stuff it's like it's code skimmers what is a code skimmer well they go into like a convenience store and the guys there's a couple of guys and one guy's like hey man uh uh see those blunts there at the top i want i want a pack of those and then the guy turns around he turns his back and the other guy his partner is like putting a code skimmer and it's just like a it's just like a piece of plastic that but it's got a, like electronics in it and, it and it sits right on top of the um little card reader thing that you pay with and it looks just like the top of the thing and you can't tell unless you take it and 
you know, jiggle it around and then you'll notice, oh, that's not part of the thing. But otherwise, if you're not paying attention and what it does, you run your card through and it's got electronics in there so it can read your card. Well, that's you just reverse engineering the tech that's right there. And they could just all day long get your get your card, get your get your passcode number because you got to punch that in and everything. And it's like, wow, well, now they're off to the races. They can just duplicate cards and go on spending sprees and then um, probably for a couple of weeks until you get your next bank statement. And it's like, oh, I got all these charges for like uh, uh, all this gas station food and crap and uh, and lottery cards and, uh, you know, uh, whatever else. And then they say, oh, the facial recognition, that's that's more fancy. That's more high-tech. That's harder to do that, isn't it? It's like, no, you, 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 do, you could do the same thing. You could, like, say, oh, well, it's facial recognition at an ATM, for example. And it's like... It, and, it, and all the the facial recognition tech and all that it's just it's just tech like you can get this you could if if they can put it into your phone and then they have like repair centers and stuff for phone well they have to get parts somewhere they have to get they have to be able to source the part for the face reader right if they want to replace that or this or you could buy a phone and pull it out and if you know what you're doing you can re you could screw with the firmware or whatever and have a face reading skimmer and put that on there and it's like oh i got your face now and now i can i can i could use that it's like it, it's it's easier to steal with this stuff for for the tech savvy but they're going to sell it to you as if oh this is so much more secure it's like um you know like you could get on the internet oh you get, you got to authenticate with your face or authenticate with your uh, your um, fingerprint well, then now there's, like, all these techniques you can go online and stuff. It's, like, how to lift somebody's fingerprint to get on their phone. And now all these, like, jealous girlfriends are getting their boyfriend's fingerprint off the glass and getting a thing and getting on their phone because the boyfriend thinks, oh, my phone's secure because I got fingerprint off. I got fingerprint authentication. And, like, it, it, she ain't going to get on my phone. I was like, yeah, she got on your phone. Now you're in trouble. Because all she had, she's smart enough to go on the internet and Google search that shit. It's like, yeah, it's not secure, is it? No, it's not. It's not even as secure as a password. Now, if she remembers your pat, see, here's the one of the things too is like they have this like iCloud lock on um, iPhone, and if you have ever, um, I got a uh, something on I, I don't know, it was an iPad or something on eBay. And it had the iCloud lock, and um, and I, and I was under the I was under the impression like oh yeah well that could be by, bypassed somehow and this is like I, I just didn't know that much about it but I was gonna get an iPad and and I was thinking too well if I can't I can just part it out or whatever it's not gonna be a big deal because it's a lot cheaper but anyway it's like no there's like no way to get past the uh, authentication and what is it it's like you got to know the password but it, it, it's but the verification of it's through Apple's servers or whatever. But then, yeah, on the other hand, too, you lose a password, you know, you're out of the deal. But, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? But anyway, yeah, it's just it's just an example of, of problem-reaction-solution. And now you're seeing it being 
thrown in your face and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the biggest problem. It's a major problem. It's really bad and, and we need to really do something about it. And uh, YouTube's got to figure out how to keep children off of the videos that aren't appropriate. And then, and then how to we got these laws and stuff and it's like you can't advertise the children's like what are we going to do oh well you know what um and then you're hearing this stuff too it's like oh it would be a great idea is if they could scan and authenticate and get on the internet and then we can identify everybody and have everybody identified on the internet that gets on the internet you have to authenticate with your fingerprints or something like that but um yeah that's the that's the new world order stuff typical conspiracy paranoia type talk but it's like uh yeah once you've been around long enough with that kind of idea in mind oh this is this really going on then it's like there's just too many examples and that's one of them where it's obvious like uh they they've set up the conditions by not having standardizations cuz we could have a lot a lot more security because they're going into like, oh, it costs. Here's the thing too: they'll say, oh, it's costing, it's costing corporations billions of dollars, you know. And then it's going into it, and then it, and then, um, then it flashes some statistics on the screen, and then it says, thirty thirty percent is pa passwords being compromised. And I was like, wow, it's only thirty percent, like a. I would think the the way they're going on and on about ho how horrible passwords are, I would think it'd be much higher. But no, it's at thirty percent is the cause of of uh, corporations' data uh, being compromised and stuff. It's like thirty percent is like passwords, like people getting a hold of the employees' passwords and stuff. And it's like that's pretty low. And and I was and I was thinking too because I. Because I've thought about this before, I watched that. I was like, "Yeah, the if the password standardization was put in place, uh, it would be probably a lot lower than thirty percent." That, in other words, you have you have standardization set up so that um, you, uh, you you can remember password. Like I could have, or anybody else could just memorize. Um, maybe five passwords that they can like you use a different one for your bank account than you do for your Facebook you know what I mean like you just have but you know you have like your multi-tiered like this is my secure password that I use for banking and I'll memorize this and then this is... and another thing they do too is like they make you change your password too often it's like that's just stupid like every couple of months or like now it's like oh change your password again it's like I just changed the freaking thing Oh, Kalita puts in a, yeah, it's like a face, facial scan image thing. And you could get, you could get that, it's just data, right? Oh, that's one of those, yeah, that's pretty cool. Kalita, yeah, it's like one of those, uh, it looks like one of those, uh, It's like a pin pin matrix thing, or you could like put your hand on it or put something on it, and it and like the pins. Everybody's seen that where it kind of pushes out the pins on the other side, but you get the shape on the other side, the exact shape. And it's like, yeah, that's another another way you can steal somebody's face. But uh, oh man, yeah, I went on and on about that for too long. I think. Um, 
So what is in the yeah the news with the darn like the virus that just came out like not too long after the last call I did like the Wuhan I talked about it last call didn't I a little bit um right Wuhan virus I think uh came up I ran across some stuff since then. But I posted it on the blog at hoaxbustercall.co. Um, the, uh, yeah, they were talking about Wuhan was quarant under quarantine. So, yeah, it's like red level panic, panic alert, outbreak of virus. The hospitals are... This is what they're telling us. They're saying all oh, the hospitals are filling up with people. Like they they don't have the hospital space to take care of all the people. And and I guess right now, as I'm talking about this, this is like ancient news. This is like this was like last week. And like I guess nobody's. I don't know from what I gather. Like nobody's talking about it anymore. From what I could tell. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so this is maybe just like <laughs> I'm like way uh, late on this because it's like this was like four days ago, five days ago. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is ancient news I'm talking about. Um, yeah, they were talking about, oh, yeah, we, we're closing down the uh, city of Wuhan and and nobody gets in and out and it's under quarantine and and I typed into Google like yes yeah, Wuhan under quarantine and it says as a virus as a virus spreads one of the world's largest cities through one of the world's largest cities no one is allowed to leave when the count of the dead in Wuhan China reached 15 yesterday government officials declared a quarantine Trains and public transit came to a halt, and air travel was canceled. And then uh, I did a screen capture of that, and then underneath it, I went to the flight um, where you can track the flights in real time, and they'll show you the little airplane icons and where the flights are at, and it's live 24 track flight tracker 24. And I just did a screen capture of all the air traffic going in and out of Wuhan. And then I put a link underneath that to the arrivals and departures out of Wuhan airport. And that was during the, and it's got the date on it. Like that was around the time when, oh yeah, it's supposed to be under quarantine. So they're flying people out. You can go, the city's under lockdown. Everybody's has this like deadly virus. And the hospital, this is what we're being told. And and people are, are, the hospitals are at full capacity. And and it's like this um, existential, it was existential threat, like everybody's going to die. And they're flying, they're flying people out. You know, like people going out of Wuhan, China to the, all the rest of the world. And um, I just thought that was funny. I don't know. It's like, uh, or it's just kind of this thing. Uh, it's kind of weird. Or I'll hear something on the news, and 
or hear something out there in the alternative media, but instead of just like biting it, like hook, line, and sinker, and swallowing it, it's like, uh, well, what's the other corroborating evidence? Oh, is it really under quarantine? Oh, let's see if there's any flights leaving out of there. And apparently it was just business as usual. I don't know. Did they stop flights? It's like for a bit and then start them back up. It's like, but then again, it's like, why would they do that? So they they stopped the flights and then they quickly assessed the situation and they realized, oh, this is not as bad, as, even though they're going on reporting that it's like the end of the world. Uh, okay, yeah, whatever. It's just yeah, nonsense. Fear-mongering. And it says 14 people died. And then, yeah, then you can go look up the statistics on how many people die from flu and all that, how many they tell us. And then it's like, yeah, it's not even really killing as many people as the flu is. But, yeah, we're supposed to panic. That's another thing. Um, it's just, yeah, it's typical of what uh, the media. And they get away with this over and over and over again, yeah. Putting people into fear, putting people into hysteria, and then they just can do it again and again and again, over and over. Um, oh, and I got this meme. So memes on the on the hoaxbusters called dot co uh, blog. So we got memes coming fast and hard for the meme war so yeah if you like them spread them around put them on your social media but this one says america is full of dangerous hateful racist but let's go ahead and encourage more immigration so that there's more people to put in danger and hate yeah i like that one um yeah let's bring more because that's yeah that's is that what the liberal, so-called liberals, is that their true intention? Is we want we want immigration so they so they can be hated on when they get here, so they can come to our oppressive patriarchy and get oppressed. That's a good question. Yeah, so do you really want the Hispanic population up here so that they can come to our brutal, oppressive, evil, white country and be oppressed? It's a good question. Oh, the meeting Allosaurus at the Utah Utah Museum of Utah Natural History Museum. And, yeah, if you're just kind of looking at this, you're probably wondering, oh, what about it? But it falls in line with kind of a, a typical talking point of mine where it's when I'm confronted with science and then somebody's going to tell me. By the way, the quote is, the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it, and that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. He says that it's science is true whether or not you believe in it. 
And I'm using that for the quote tonight. I got this. Somebody sent this to me. I was going back and forth with them on YouTube. And it was a video about vaccines. And it was like um, a lot of videos that are on YouTube. And they'll make fun of, they're making fun of anti-vaxxers. It's like, and then what I've noticed too is like you'll have these videos and then they'll have like lots and lots of comments. And if you go and read through the comments, it's like, and and, and you've seen a, several of these different anti-anti-vax videos, I guess for lack of a better term, but they're like piling on like, oh, if you're, and, and these just lame jokes about, how your child is not going to live if they're not vaccinated they're they're not going to live past three years old basically and it's just over and over and over and it's the same lame ass jokes and then uh and then there's articles out there talking about oh yeah how the internet's doing such a wonderful thing by shaming and piling on anti-vaxxers and 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 trolling them and relentlessly putting out all these memes against them and stuff and so I so I, I was in uh, I just happened to be watching one of those on YouTube and then I I couldn't help but comment like uh, yeah China China is one of the most vaccine compliant nations on the earth. Just FYI for your information, just go ahead and put that out there uh, for all you pro vaxxers out there. Um, and then, you know, of course, I get all these kind of, like, responses, like, oops, people say, well, so, like, what? And then uh, this one, <laughs> I guess this is a woman, uh, but she's saying that, uh, well, that's because they have a lot of immigration, and that's because they have, like, pockets of, like, unvaccinated people that have come in to, like, cities like Wuhan and they're not vaccinated, and that's what makes them. That that that's what makes everybody uh, in danger of uh, these pandemics. Because you have these, and it's like, mm, yeah, well, well, there's a couple things wrong with that. The first of first thing I pointed out was like, well, if you're going to take that position, then then you would then you would have to take that position uh, as far as immigration coming into the United States because. That wouldn't that hold true also if like you have unchecked immigration coming in to the United States that that would have something to do with uh, that that would certainly factor into the anti-vax question don't you think and this is like to me I don't know it's like this is the the most basic fundamental logic it's just like this is, doesn't this doesn't take and, and it's like this should transcend party lines and prejudices and everything it's like Oh, if, and you should uh, immediately concede that. Yeah, obviously, if like uh, uh, Hispanics and people from South America are sort of coming into the United States and they're not having to go any, through any screening or anything, they're just coming across the border, and we got all our public officials and everybody that are on so the so-called Democrat side saying, "Oh, this is this this circumstances is is perfectly acceptable, and we should." encourage it and permit this and allow it and give them amnesty and 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 let them stay in the country and encourage more people to come into yeah we need this we in order for us to be compassionate and that's our strength is our unity and our strength is just 
letting any and everybody come into the country and and then you have the opposite side saying no this is a bad thing but okay whatever the here's the point it's like if you're going to take the position that unvaccinated people in the population is a bad thing then you would also have to conclude that yeah unchecked immigration as far as disease and vaccines are concerned at least that that's not a good thing that you would have Okay, and this is like you, you'd have you have to absolutely set aside prejudices or your predefined ideas. If that is your – that's not my position. I don't care. Like vaccine, not vaccine or whatever, um, it, I, I, don't, I don't think it has a lot to do with whether or not somebody's vaccinated. It has a lot – I think it has a lot more to do with like your quality of life, the, the ability to keep yourself in, a, in sanitary conditions and stuff like that, which like people that are impoverished and in, in, in those situations, it doesn't matter where they're from. It's going to be much harder for them to do that, and they're going to be much more prone to getting sick. And, this, and it really doesn't have anything to do with whether or not they got shots. Um, it's just like you have people that are in these in these hard circumstances, and then they're not getting good f- adequate food. They're they're having to like migrate and travel, and they're and they're exhausting themselves, and they're depleting themselves, and um, then they're then they're prone to to disease. And this is well understood. And then it's well understood too that the advent of indoor plumbing is what is is far and foremost the thing that um got diseases under check because uh, we're again with the dialectic we're comparing and contrasting the developing so-called er- the era of the industrial revolution and then people migrating and living cities and you can read these accounts like what happened like in england and stuff and they were dumping feces in the street and walking around in it and it created pro- of course it's going to create problems and then it's like to contrast that. So oh, they had the bubonic plague, and it, yeah, they were walking around in feces. That's that's not a good idea. You don't like crowd people in together, and have like pavement around them, and then have them dump their uh, what do they call it bed chamber pots out onto the street, and then have the horses shit in the street, and then everybody track around in the horse and people shit, and then walk around in the house, track it in the house, track it everywhere, just walk and shit, and then expect there not to be, and then there's like, yeah, we had plagues and stuff back then. It's like, no shit. And then it's like, oh, then we had to come up with vaccines to to solve that. And it's like, no, you didn't. It's like indoor plumbing solved that. And that's why you had people in cities and towns no longer walking around in their own feces. That's the and then people have pointed that out. I said this is this is what you can thank your plumber, not your scientist, not Jonas Salk, who was a eugenicist, by the way, who came out with the book Survival of the Wisest, how he thought it'd be a great idea to use vaccines to experiment on people. Um, but uh, yeah, where was I going with this? Okay, yeah, so the anti-vaxxers, I think they have something to chew on but uh, but then again too um not that i think that this 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 uh set of circumstances is um by any means too far advanced to track for my listeners because i think like when i throw this out there most people are going to get exactly what i'm saying but for the for for a lot of these people out there especially like people who like are um 
like this particular individual who sent me this Neil deGrasse Tyson quote um, that says, uh, it says, um, yeah, the good thing about science is that it's true whether you believe it, whether or not you believe in it. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, I can't believe she sent me that. The voice wanted to like point this out to somebody and I did and I responded back to her and I and I copied and pasted the definition from Merriam-Webster and quoted Merriam-Webster in case there's any confusion about the bona fides of my source and it says the definition of science is the state of knowing knowledge as distinguished from ignorance or misunderstanding it's like okay yeah it's that's what science is that's the the number one definition of science is the state of knowing it's like as as opposed to not knowing and then i put underneath that i said so basically to rephrase neil states knowing quote knowing things is true whether you believe it or not unquote that's basically what neil degrasse tyson said is like knowing things is true whether you believe it or not. Which, what does that say? It doesn't say anything. And then somebody say, oh, well, he's talking about scientific method. And it's like, okay, then let's work with that for a minute. So he's talking about the science, which is, which is uh, the scientific method would be a set of behaviors that an individual could engage in. So you can say, so you could, you could swap that out with like, I've used this before, like driving a car or assembling a puzzle. And you could say, well, assembling a puzzle is true whether you believe it or not. Driving a car is true whether you believe it. It's, it's incoherent. It's nonsensical. So the scientific. So he's not talking about the scientific method. The only thing that he could actually be referring to that would make sense is like science being like this certain uh, the science council. Like I've brought this up before, like the 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 mysterious science council that exists on the. Um, some some analog to Mount Olympus or something, and then they're going to set in place like what is true and what is not, and they're pretty much going to tell you how the cow ate the cabbage, and that's all there is to it, and you should believe them, and then what they say is true whether you believe it or not. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying, and it's 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 just a veiled appeal to authority, is what it is. Um, and, and there's really not much contesting that because, yeah, because like I pointed out, if, if you're going to take the other definitions and, and uh, what the what the dictionary gives you is what they say and then try to insert it in, in that quote, it's like, OK, that doesn't make any damn sense. That's it, totally incoherent. Um, but, yeah, this is what people will throw at you. It's like, yeah, the science, they're, they're going to tell you they're going to appeal to authority is what they're going to do because I was going back and forth with her about, like, um, she was going to tell me that, like, or she she broke off conversation with me at pretty early on and then started talking to somebody else in there. And then it was like, okay, now you're ignoring me and I ask you a legitimate question. Um, so I so I went after her again and I was like, well, you know, you're, you're going to tell this other person here that uh, the reason why we're having pandemics is because somebody didn't cook their meat. And that's how that's how pandemic spread is somebody gets a virus through eating meat, improperly cooked meat, like bush meat and stuff. They said, oh, that's how Ebola got into it is because Africans were eating bush meat and that's how they got that's how they get Ebola and that's how it spreads. 
And it's like, okay, yeah, I know that's what we're told. But does that make any sense? Let's think about this for a second. Let's try to put this, because there's, there's, from what I understand, this is called an ad hoc explanation. Like ad hoc meaning that it's suited to your particular purpose. It may, it may make sense at first blush, but if you stop and you look at the explanation and you take its implication in, in its wider context and stuff, it makes no damn sense. It has it. It doesn't have. It doesn't hold up under scrutiny in that respect. Like if you try to, if if you're gonna, t- if you're gonna take the position that pandemics are caused by eating meat, and um, and and everybody that listens to these calls should know by now that like how why I'm riled up about this and like what from the past calls and where I've been pointing out as far as like this veganism movement and stuff. It, 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 you know. Man, it's like couldn't be more obvious that they're 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 taking this stuff like this pandemics and stuff, and they're using it for this anti-meat propaganda. Obviously, of course they would. That of course the Chinese government's on board with it too, and this is another example of that. But if you're going to take this position that oh meat eating meat is causing outbreaks of disease, so you mean to tell me something that people have been doing pre-civilization? People have been eating meat pre-civilization. And and at the beginning of civilization, in the beginning of obviously this is like something that I do not have to establish by giving you any kind of science. Everybody knows this. This is not something that's contestable. People have been eating meat for um, all throughout recorded history. Period. And it's like this is and game meat, especially game meat. The 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 advent of buying a meat at the grocery store is is historically speaking, um, yesterday evening is when it's the start. Historically speaking, and and to put it in context, is that's that's when the practice of buying meat at the freaking grocery store started, like this morning. It's like, yeah. and people are gonna say, oh, this is how diseases get started, is eating game. It's like that is the stupidest shit ever, but that's what's being put out there, and then and then they're and the, with the media and everything, and the media too is putting this out there. Oh, this this pandemic outbreak started in a in in a Wuhan uh, market, and they have this. Um, oh, I was, I was gonna post that video, but um, yeah, it's all over the internet out there. Uh, they they they're going into this this market and they're showing you like oh this poor puppy dog they have in a cage oh this poor um wombat or weasel or whatever they got in a cage look at the poor animals and look what they're doing it's like okay yeah here we go with the emotional appeals right out of the gate and then it's like this is animal rights activist this everything that I've been ranting and raving about and talking about, and other people have too. It's like this is a part of an agenda, and here it is being tied into this this um, pandemic thing. And and if you're gonna think about this critically, you're gonna look at this and say, okay, this is we're looking at the year 2020, and and then we have this going on in China. Um, they have these markets and people imagine that they have these markets and people go there and they buy meat are you kidding me what the hell china what the hell what are you doing it's like um yeah we've only been doing this for umpteen thousands of years 
even pre-civilization, <laughs> it's just like, this is the craziest shit, man. This, the propaganda, it, it's so ad hoc and so ridiculous and so over the top. And people just uh, buy it. They swallow it hook, line, hook, line, and sinker and go out and repeat this bullshit out on a perfect example of how people are brainwashed and totally just are devoid of any ability whatsoever to critically think about this stuff. It's It's absolutely just mind-blowing it's astonishing it's insane i i don't i don't know how else to put it this is like the stupidest shit and uh, it's just and and like i told this woman i said this the, the practice of eating meat has been going on and has continued to go on and by the way too it's going on in your country too lady in the united states there's probably somebody as we speak eating possum eating raccoon eating wild hog. You know, there's a wild hog problem in the state of Texas, in the southern states and stuff, where they're, like, now they're an invasive species. Something has to be done because you won't have your vegan pea protein if this is goes unchecked. Because they're tearing up crops, they're tearing up trees, they're tearing up, and 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 they're uh, a scourge. And and people are hunting them, and they're eating them, and they're wild hogs, and people are eating them. They're eating wild game. So you're telling me that that's now we've opened up all these potentialities for pandemics, but then we have to remember too that yeah, hunting and eating wild game um, has been going on pre-colonies. I mean, golly, man, do I have to? Is this not something that's like, yeah, it's just, it's it's like a spike in my temple. It's like a, it just gives me a headache. This is, it's it's the most absurd talking points that are being thrown around out there. And, 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 and I think maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, I'm just fucking nuts. Maybe this is it. But I think that, you you could this is my approach you look at what science science is telling you they're telling us that there's 380,000 viruses out there that inf- infect mammals okay let's that's 380,000 unknown viruses that infect mammals that's what the estimate is, that's what's put out there in official science um far as i can tell uh, okay, let's go with that. Let's just accept that as true. And I know a lot of people like listening out here is like they, they have a tough time with this when I say something like that. They're saying, oh, well, Chris believes in viruses. He believes in it's like, it doesn't matter. This That's inconsequential. Here's a fact, and this is an indisputable fact. This is what s- scientists or you could pull this from a a widely recognized official source. Yeah, there's 380,000 viruses that infect mammals, and they're unknown. Okay, that's a fact. Is it a fact that there's 308? I'm not saying that. So I, I, I have to make this clear. It's like I'm not saying that at all. I'm not. I, it doesn't. It's irrelevant whether viruses even exist. And I know that's like hard. hard it's it's like. 
yeah, just just stay with me. It's like I, I don't it doesn't matter. That's what we're told. So if we're told that and then at the other hand too we're told that you need to get your kids vaccinated because if you don't you're putting other people at risk. That's what we're told. And then and then we're having this national conversation, this national debate, right? Are are we not? I shouldn't say right. I mean it's it's like that's obviously the case. Okay. We understand that it's happening. We understand that as people are going back and forth and there's and there's this there's this um heated emotional debate going on and then now it's got to a point where it's like different states like California are mandating that you get your child vaccinated or they can't go to school. It's like, hey, wait a minute, I paid the school already. I'm forced to pay for it. It doesn't matter. But it's it's under this premise, like, okay, you're putting other people at risk, okay? That's their talking point. The next time some bureau, bloated bureaucrat is going to tell you something like that, throw this factoid in their face. This is a fact. This is not disputable. Uh, print it out from the official source. 380,000 viruses infect mammals. We've gone through this Wuhan thing, which we're being told, whether it's true or not, okay, forget about that, We, but it is a fact. We're being told that this virus jumped from an animal into a human and, and mutated, evolved to infect people and then resulted in a pandemic. Or is there a vaccine against this coronavirus, number 5260789? No, there wasn't a vaccine. And like this woman told me when in this back and forth, this is why I engage people in on the internet. So it, like it jogs thought and it kind of, you know, helps me kind of develop my thoughts on this stuff. It's like, okay, and then like she's telling me, and, and it's like, no, there wasn't like there wasn't a vaccine for this. It's like, oh, because it's a mutated virus. But her, but then her fallback was, oh, it came from people eating um, meat eating bats or eating something they shouldn't have been eating like wild game. And and then that's when I came back and I pointed out said, "Well, this is this is oh, so you're saying this is the cause of pandemics, but yet this is something as common as spitting." It's like th- this is stupid. It's nonsense. It's asinine. But that's so if you want ammo and the whole this is I think this is a slam dunk on the the provax morons out there and this is where you just f- hit them upside the friggin head with this um i guess an analog would be like a fresh caught salmon out of the river you slap them upside the face with it and that's your science i'll tell you some science you want some science you want some lofty sound of science 380 viruses infect mammals According to science, they're unknown. Any of them could jump and mutate and infect you and your children at any time. And it, and it, and it, it pivots off this practice that's been going on since the beginning of human civilization and recorded history, which is killing animals and eating them for food. And it's not going to stop. And it's not going to slow down anytime soon. People have been doing this. So it's like... Whether you and you're seventy, you're telling me you have your child only has seventy two shots, only seventy two. Lady, there's there's three hundred eighty thousand of these deadly 
potentially deadly viruses out there infecting mammals, bats, rats, everything that can jump and get into your child anytime. And it's because these evil people out there are eating meat. And it's like, that's, that's the talking points that is being told to us by our officials, by our science, by our news, by the Chinese communist government that you don't doubt. So let's put let's let's do some math. Let's do some figuring out. So how does it make sense that you're going to tell me that I need to go out and get vaccinated when by admission, by what we're being told, you couldn't possibly be hoped to be even remotely protected by being vaccinated. You're telling me 72 shots as opposed to 380,000 potential uh diseases coming just erupting on the scene because because we uh, come into contact with animals and these viruses can (laughs) jump into humans and infect them at any time Um, but and uh, for some bizarre reason this doesn't have this should by all rights be happening like once every couple of weeks or days even uh, but it seems like it only happens like in a certain period periodically. Like what was the SARS virus thing came out? Whatever. It's like cycles. But for some reason, we're we're expected to believe something that's been going on since pre-civilization is to blame for pandemics. And but the solution is to vaccinate. But yet there isn't a way in hell that if what we're told about viruses is true, then we could possibly prepare for a pandemic. There is no, there would be no preparation for that. So what are they doing in China? They said, well, we got to do something. We're the government, right? Well, let's ban eating um, game, like a certain wild game. It's like, okay, yeah, that will that will solve it, right? Just ban it. And then, it, then like the so, here's another thing too. Like by the government banning it, then that will make it stop entirely, or or just make it go underground, make it go black market. It's gonna make it. It's not gonna make the practice stop. It's gonna make it go underground. Man, do I even have to say that? But then it's like, oh, we we had to do something about these pandemics, these outbreaks. And then somebody, and then other people are pointing out, like, oh yeah, well there happens to be like a a bioweapons lab, and there happens to be patents out for the very same thing that's supposedly going. It's like okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's like that's it. It doesn't that really doesn't make any difference because what you need to look at is what is this? What is what is this advertisement? Because like a lot of this shit is. It's like you you think it's like oh it's news about a pandemic. Oh I need to be scared. It's like. A lot of there's no there's no threat to you with this stuff. You're looking at an advertisement, like when you when you see an advertisement coming on for like some like inhaler, like you need to get this. And you, is that a threat to you? No, it's like a, it's like the pharmaceutical companies are trying to convince you to buy their product. It's like that's what's going on with this these news stories and stuff like that. They're disguised as news stories. They're ads for the for the pharmaceutical industry, and not only the pharma, not only the pharmaceutical industry to sell products, but also to sell parts of of an agenda 
that um, will result in people making money, but the end result is not making money. The end result is to is to steer society into a particular direction to help continue the progress of this thing called civilization, which I've pointed out multiple times is the domestication of humans and animals. And then a big part of this next phase that we're going into as far as our domestication process goes is to get us off of real food, which would be meat, eggs, you know, real dairy, and to sell us on the idea that, um, well, really for the future of the planet, so we don't kill the planet and we don't kill ourselves with outbreaks and pandemics, we need to we need to adopt wholeheartedly this idea that the best food really to eat is this brand new stuff that the biotech and the um, pharmaceutical industries are coming up with that they say is great for us to eat like these artificial hamburgers and meats and synthetic cheese and um, stuff they could put in yeast vats and make it produce they they've uh, engineer splice yeast and make it produce different stuff and it's in a in a vat it's like this mad scientist shit and they're saying, oh, this is and all these new companies are springing up sitting around they, they call it what biotech and it's like, oh, they're going to solve the problem for us. Don't you worry, none. We're going to get some biotech goodies for you in the grocery store. And then it's like, yeah, man, this doesn't taste like meat. Just shut up and eat it. It's for the planet. And it's like, um, that's, you know, if you don't buy into the whole, all of a sudden everybody getting uh, teary-eyed over cows dying. Um if you don't buy into that, then it's like, oh, well then, um, yeah, if that didn't, if, if you don't have a heart, then we come at you with the, uh, oh, you're going to die because the planet's going to burn up. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't convince you, then it's like, um, yeah, you're going to die because you're spreading viruses. It's just like, man. Square Circle says the talking points are intended to make you crazy. It's like, I think, yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's the whole point is it drive you freaking nuts. I noticed when I started out there was a caller in her and they dropped off. Yeah, anybody wants to call in, go ahead and call in. The numbers are at the top of the talk shoe page. Yeah, that was kind of rant I wanted to go into, like the viruses, the idea of the viruses, the idea of the vaccines, and it's really, uh, from what I gather out there, it's like, it's just dogpile on anybody that's anti-vaccine, they call it, and then um, they they won't let you sell your book on Amazon. They take that. They've they've done that now. They're censoring everything. They're taking down channels on the internet. They're um, yeah. They they seem to be concerned about people, you know, telling the truth about these vaccines and stuff. Uh, and then there's just these hordes of people. Whether probably majority of them are bots. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, they're gonna take and parrot and regurgitate these uh, 
pro-vaccine talking points. And the biggest, most effective tactic is to, to try to embarrass and shame somebody for not believing in science. And then my retort on that is like, um, so, yeah, you're saying that I don't believe knowing things is good. I don't, I don't you're not making sense, lady, or man, or whatever. Uh, what are you talking about? And then show them the freaking definition out of the freaking dictionary. This is what science means. What are you saying? Oh, the science council. Well, I don't believe in the science council. What are you talking about? Oh, the same ones that thought that mice came out of grain. Like, not came out, like erupted out of grain. Like, this was like the mid, what, uh, the mid, um, 19th century wasn't that long ago. Pure magical thinking, like, yeah. Uh, frogs erupt out of mud. Yeah, that's what they taught. I don't know if they erupt out of mud. I, oh, you idiot, shut up, you anti-science denying moron. Of course they erupt out of mud. Like, how, well, why? Well, science says, shut up. Yeah, spontaneous generation, you can look that up. Um, that's what they believed. I'm not making that up. That's what science believed. That's what science believed up to, to the mid-19th century, yep. Uh, they say Louis Pasteur uh, f countered that and disproved it. But it was like it, it took up until – because that belief held on for a long time, they said. And Louis Pasteur put it to rest. But he did he really know because if you go to any skeptic with a K or any bio, bio, biologist, whatever, Darwinist, uh, which is, you know, it's like, yeah, do you, so you believe in evolution. Yeah, of course I believe in evolution. I don't deny science. Uh, I think this, well, it's more common. It's just like not, it's, it's pretty pervasive in our society. It's like, oh, so yeah, you believe in the, Life erupted out of the primordial stew 4.5 billion years ago. It's like, oh, I guess so. It's like, yeah, you believe in spontaneous generation. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, yeah, science. Like, what does it prove? They don't prove anything. Like, Louis Pasteur, he, he tried to put that to rest. Oh, life doesn't come from non-life. Like, here's the proof he showed it to you in the microscope. He's like, yeah, see that there? That's a fly egg. And that's what hatches in and makes a maggot. And that's maggot makes the fly. And it's like, how did the fly get in there? It's like a fly laid the egg. Like you, like a chicken lays the egg while the fly lays the egg. It's like, I think once he laid it out, it was like, and, he sh and you could look at it through the microscope, then it was like, that was game over. It was like there was just absolute... No denying it, but still, did it did it catch on immediately? No, it like died. It that spontaneous generation died pretty hard, from what I understand. I wasn't there. I don't know, but but like with L Louis Pasteur, like being able to to bring the case forward just so undeniably, then it was like that. It you know they had to put the spontaneous generation thing to bed eventually. But prior, prior to that, no, it was like commonly held belief, and you were an idiot if you didn't accept it. 
Well, what what are the what are some of the reasons probably why that was? It's like, well, okay, you got a theory, the spontaneous generation, and then your theory can make predictions. Like, um, and that's and then the people, the science boys, will tell you today. It's like, yeah, we got this Big Bang theory, and they can we can make predictions, and that's what makes it. Um, not a theory, but a fact. Like we got evolution theory, and it's like it can make predictions, and that's that's what makes it a fact. It's like no, not even science, not a, not official. No official science will tell you that, or a scientist will tell you that. They're, they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to stake their reputation on any stupid statement like that. It's like no, you can your your theory can make a predict like your spontaneous generation theory. They can have countless, numerous, just unending observations that and this is important to I think let let sink in because in the, in the day and age we live in this is important I think this is this stuff that's just like, has occurred to me for me putting a lot of thought into it myself coming to this realization it's like yeah you have a hype you have a hypothesis or, or or and then you have it you know develop into a theory that's like you're running it under uh test and scrutiny and it's like what what predictions can it make well you know we know that mice spontaneously erupt out of grain it's like well okay uh professor kendall like what 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 do you have to back that up it's like uh i've had this drawer here in this extra bedroom and uh, i have this uh five gallon bucket of grain that i keep sealed and i take a cup full of grain and I put it in that sock drawer, and I shut the drawer, and I could come back in there in a week, and there's going to be some baby mice in there. It happens over and over and over, and I've documented it, and I've observed it, and um, yeah, I know it's the mid-19th century, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few people that actually have a camera, and I photographed these mice, and I've written down the dates, and I've kept a journal, and... Uh, and I've been doing this for the last um, four years. I've have I've have uh, thousands and thousands of mice babies appearing in my uh, old Chester drawers in there in that extra bedroom. Just as a citizen science, doing science, and it's like, oh well, thank you, professor. And uh, we'll just add that to the pile of evidence. You know, our our theory makes these predictions, and they come true time and time and time again. Um, but see, then there's the whole, uh, when you get into logic and rhetoric and examination and, you know, that goes off into science and everything else is the unexamined premise. Like, what is your premise correct? Well, it's like, no, nah, we never did re-examine that. We just kind of go off the assumption that, yeah, things erupt out of nothing for no reason. And they did it for years and years, years. And compiled this massive amount of evidence that their theory was correct, and it turned out to be wrong because they didn't. When the premise was reexamined later, well, that's how science works, Chris. You idiot! You don't understand. See, Louis Pasteur, he came along and disproved it, and then that's how science works. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's how that's how science works. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but do you know, and how can you tell me, what phase of science are we in now? Are we in the phase where the truth hasn't been figured out yet? 
are we somehow in a phase where it's like everything's already been figured out and there's nothing to debate? Oh, it's settled science. Climate, settled science. Settled science. Oh, we're in the phase where everything is settled in science? Everything. Everything? Stupid, man. It's stupid. It's like, and you get this thrown at you all the time. This is what's crazy. Oh, what's some new chats? Mahatma Coat says, diet injections and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticism of the powers that be will become psychologically impossible. That's a good quote. That's Bertrand Russell, right? Kalita says, good old birdie. Good old Bertie. He knew what was going on. I don't think he was bothered too much by it. He thought it was all good. People need somebody to steer their minds and to give them something to do and something to think about and something to live for and something to motivate them. And so we live in this age where it's like it's it's about science and progress and uh utopia is just around the corner and uh i got to thinking about this too it's like um it's like yeah what is going on with like a lot of people out there like pro-vaxxers too it's like uh yeah it's like um um this belief it's like a belief system too with a lot of people it's like they, they so they they so strongly believe in this thing called science and I think it's predicated on this idea, and it's, and it's implied. I don't think it's directly stated too often. Oh, man, excuse me. Um, that we're on the precipice of a science revolution. And I think a lot of people believe that. They think, oh, the AI is coming. The AI is going to come online. <laughs> Stupid, too. This is another thing that bugs me. It's like computer code coming to life and becoming self-aware, and then it's going to, like, start solving, like, all these problems we have. It's like, well, that's, the, you know, your premise. Like, well, let's examine the premise. Let's say you have to believe that, like, um, there isn't already – because my, my position and my belief is, like, as far as science and progress and stuff, like, and then you look at the, the so-called – problems of homelessness and the different things that we're confronted with in society or the different, whatever you want to bring up, like, oh, lack of drinking water, potable water or whatever that we're told that's a problem. It's like, yeah, actually, if you look at stuff that is admittedly available, there's already solutions to this, this, um, like, like water, for example, it's like, oh yeah, we are, we already have admitted technology that would rectify those issues with water what are you talking about it's not going to be implemented but we'll be told that like oh this is like yeah a, a crisis situation it's like no it's like they it's it's presenting a problem but it's like for a specific purpose it's not because there's no readily accessible solution to it it's because the having the problem serves a purpose as people need to understand that like problems serve a purpose and like what is the purpose it's like well to ex you want to expand the power of 
this thing called government and these people identified as government. That's why you want to have these like pandemic. Like what's a pandemic? Oh, it's going to spread. Oh, it's going to go from person to person to person. And the people are going to get in planes and they're going to go over to uh, San Francisco, San Diego, Dallas from Wuhan. And they're going to spread the and then we, right, what can we do? Oh, we need to, because like now it's out, of, it's out of our jurisdiction. What can we do? See what I mean? It's like a pandemic. It's, it goes all over the globe. So we got to join together, and all the governments got to work together to solve the problem. A problem that was manufactured to begin with to create the problem to offer the solution of, oh, we need more stringent controls at checkpoints. We need, and then it's just this laundry list of shit that the the government needs as new powers. It's like this is old hat. This is shit's been going on forever. It's like now it's being brought in, and a lot of people are pointing this out now too. It's like, um, and then you're seeing it enacted in real time with the Chinese communists. It's like, oh, we're not going to allow you to sell meat in the markets unless it's the approved that's the that's the first initial phase it's like you, you get people to accept this idea oh meat is caught meat's bad meat is going to cause pandemics and kill everybody um but it's only wild game it's only this weird stuff like bats and weird stuff that people shouldn't be eating. And you'll hear this you hear these ignorant assholes on the internet spreading this idea oh it's they're eating bats and stuff and that's bad um, I even made a joke about it. I put bat soup rations on a package and put it on the blog, joking around. But, like, it's, um, yeah, being put out there, like, uh, incorporated into the talking points, and it's fear-mongering as to scare the hell out of you. It doesn't have to make any damn sense logically or in a historical perspective, um, but... They could throw this out there, and they and they do it in a presentation. They don't even really have to come directly right out and state it other than, oh, this is what we scientists think or this is what they believe. It's like not – they don't have to point to any actual evidence they have or anything like that. They said, oh, they looked under a microscope, and they had this uh, chicken – that they got at the market, and oh, it has the same virus or something like that. And they could just say that, and it's like they don't have to actually demonstrate that or prove it or, you know, ground it in any kind of logic because then you'd have to, like, think it's like, okay, not only are chickens in this market, but they're in people's backyards in China and all over the freaking place. So the, is the problem that they harbor these viruses and there's 380,000 different ones? And then it's like, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, Meat-causing pandemics. Um, crazy, crazy shit. I'm trying not to cuss, but, like, man, I get mad. This is really, uh, yeah, this is really just super annoying and just illogical and nonsensical. And um, the only the only um, environment where this level of nonsensical propaganda can be pumped out there 
it's the thing that's it's a bit unsettling about that. That's really unsettling to me more than it, like the idea that oh I'll die of a disease because uh, some bio lab released a virus is like no I'm not really uh, that doesn't concern me. What concerns me is that the propaganda that's being put out there, like I'm pointing out with like oh something that's super common has been common pre civilization which is you know eating game eating meat hunting and trading and meat markets and on and on that that now all of a sudden it's like it's going to kill us all because it's it, that's where the viruses come from that idea of being so preposterous and so stupid that what troubles me really is that they're actually putting out that level of propaganda knowing that people will buy it and it's like how stupid are people this is nuts people will actually buy this as propaganda and believe it it's like they have zero critical thinking. That's what's disturbing to me. It's like no critical thinking at all. None. None. Not even among like educated people and smart people and professors and they can't see right through the the preposterous idiocy of that. You know? That idea. Oh well meat's causing pandemics. It's like Oh darn, man! We would have never got. How would we ever? How did we ever get this far? There's just no way we could get this far, unless you're suggesting that eating game and meat is new. Is that what they're really suggesting? And and it's like, does this make any sense? And it's like, well, I guess it could, because like you, if it's like a, I was talking about before, like a lot of pro- propaganda is directed toward the kind of younger generation, like millennials, and that's maybe what it's toward aimed toward. And maybe like the most people that get past a certain age, you know, they're not, they're kind of just like have resigned themselves to their routine and they see stuff on the media and they just co- sort of passively take it in and they don't really actively engage with it on any level. So like if they're told like, oh, this virus came out of a, a pig and jumped onto humans and then started infecting it. They'll believe it. They'll accept it, whatever. They're not going to, they're not going to engage really. They're not going to react too much. They're not going to engage. They're not going to, they're not going to incorporate any critical thinking to it. They'll just passively accept it and then just go on about their business. Like the millennial, the younger generation come up, will embrace it and accept it and regurgitate it and promote it because like in the context of everything being centered around themselves because they've been brought up to be incredibly narcissistic and self-centered like yeah history started when they were born so they so to put anything in a wider context like the fact that meat has been around way before they were born even before cities um that is not relevant to the discussion it's like it's like the 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 world started turning when they were born and then like now they can look at and then think well everything previous that my ancestor did is irrelevant and irrational and bad and then we can just remake and renew everything into this uh utopia totally ignoring that there is any such thing as history that's pretty much where we're at i think i know that sounds maybe a little far-fetched but i don't I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think there's something to that idea. It's like when you have when you have a group of people that are so narcissistic and self-centered that you could sell them on these like ad hoc explanations for things like, oh yeah, diseases, pandemics are going to kill us all, 
and it's from the practice of eating meat. And because um, I even hear stuff too, like uh, with the with the vegan talking points, it's it's like they'll they they put out there this idea that the practice of eating meat um, really got kicked off with uh, modern marketing, like uh, the meat industry when the meat industry started. You know, and they and they and they make analogies with eating meat and smoking. It's like, oh, the smoking industry was advertising. Well, the meat industry was advertising, and that's how they tricked everybody into eating meat, and that's why everybody. That's why the practice is so widespread. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. That's what they put out there. And it's like, yeah, you have this narcissistic, self-centered uh, group of people that can be sold and indoctrinated into that idea and actually regurgitate talking points that are that absurd because the world started spinning when they were born. Pre previous to that, it's irrelevant. Whatever happened previous to, the, to me is irrelevant. And, and, and to have my talking points make sense within a wider context and historical framework is just totally doesn't matter. It, you don't have to do that. It's, yeah. It were post I guess this is part of postmodernism. Oh wow. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh yeah. Oh yeah, Square Circle says always love the Provax saying it's unethical to do a double blind study on vaccines because some participants will be unprotected. Yeah, so it's like you you establish your premise that vaccines are not only beneficial, but like um, they are a uh, do or die necessary component of life in the modern day. Like you either have them or you're going to die young. So it's unethical to do any kind of real study because then you're like you're taking away that vital life protection from somebody that will surely die without the vaccine. So it's all, it it always goes back to the unfounded premise. And then it's like, a, it's not like evolution theory. It's like, it, you know, it's like, it's already established that it's true. Um, and then any observation you make about biology is going to um, be put out as evidence that uh uh, primordial stew to goo to you to the zoo to you evolution is true and that's everything is going to be proof of that um, you don't really need to examine the premise like oh well like what's the or in other words what's the mechanism for it like how does that you don't need to do any of that it's already established that it's true so yeah, you don't need to do double blind studies. They that's they're too dangerous. Well, why are they too dangerous? Is because you you you'd have to like have part of the study be unvaccinated, and that and that's putting them in not having vaccinations is putting them at their life at danger. <laughs> Man, you couldn't make this stuff up if you're trying to write some bizarre fiction book, any of this stuff. 308. So I'm trying to do memes, man. I'm not a meme master, but I try. What's my memes? Where are my memes at? Uh, 
do 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 um oh i got the dinosaur with his his uh finger to his chin it says mammals harbor at least 320,000 undiscovered viruses now how do we blame this on anti-vaxxers i thought that was good um yeah, how do we blame this on anti-vaxxers? And then I made a meme with a lady at her computer. She's reading mammal mammals harbor at least 320,000 undiscovered viruses. And then her thought bubble, her thoughts are, damn, anti-vaxxers. Damn them. Like, they're responsible. And they're responsible for the pandemic in China, I guess. Anti-vaxxers are. Oh man, let's do a live research on that. Uh, unvaccinated, responsible for Wuhan P pandemic. Okay, let's see what comes up. Uh. Done up, bow. We made, we made the current wait. <laughs> this stuff is so stupid. I mean, I was reading. I don't know. I type stuff in Google and then I read the little snippets of text underneath, and it's like, golly, this stuff is so absurd. <laughs> we made the coronavirus epidemic. Oh boy. Wait. Uh, I'm on New York Times. It's like sucking all the memory out of my computer. Um, may have started with a bat in a cave, but human activity set it loose. Miss Quammen and his author of Spillover, Animal Infections and the Next Human Pandemic. Oh my gosh. The latest scare. This is I. Uh, this is the full first thing that came up. This is this is live, real time. Um, the latest scary news. The latest scary new virus that has captured the world's horrified attention caused a lockdown of 56 million people in China. A lockdown. Uh, they were flying out. But anyway, whatever. Is this fake news? I mean, I. The first thing out of the gates, like demonstrably untrue. Um, provably, demonstrably, just matter-of-factly, just blatantly untrue, but okay, whatever, we'll continue reading uh, with that in mind. Um, that the that this article starts out with just a, 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 a blatant um, untruth. Uh, caused a lockdown of 56 million people in China, disrupted travel plans around the globe, and sparked a run on medical masks from Wuhan, Hubei province, to Byron, Texas, known provisionally as... Uh, NCOV. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. The, like Texas ran out of masks. It's like what? <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's known provisionally as NCOV-2019, the clunky moniker for alert threat. The name picked by a team of Chinese scientists who I who isolated and identified the virus is short for novel coronavirus of 2019. It reflects the fact that the virus was first recognized to have infected humans late last year in seafood and live animal market in Wuhan. 
and that it belongs to the coronavirus family, a notorious group. Uh, the SARS epidemic of 2000-2003 was infected 8,098 people worldwide, killing 774 of them was caused by a coronavirus, and so was the MERS outbreak that began in the Arabian Peninsula in 2012 and still lingers. Uh, 2,494 infected and 858 deaths as of November. As of November of what? 2012, 858 deaths. Okay, 2012, 2020, that's eight years. And they're saying 858 deaths. How many how many deaths have happened from, like, eating romaine lettuce, contaminated room, in that period of time? I bet it's more than 858, but, okay, whatever. It's supposed to be really scary. Um, or the flu or a cold. Uh, it's probably more than that. But whatever. Uh, despite the new virus name, though, and as people who christened it well know, the C, the NCOV 2019 isn't novel as you might think. Something very much like it is found several years ago in a cave. And you, <laughs> come on, man. <sighs> a province. Okay, there's. Never mind. A province, roughly a thousand miles southwest of Wuhan, by a team of. Uh, perspicuous researchers who noticed its existence with concern. <laughs> they found us in a cave, and they're concerned about it. Oh, man. Uh, more than 4,500. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Uh, including at least 106 deaths of Tuesday morning. Blah, 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 blah. Scientists, blah, blah, blah. Wuhan virus. Draft a paper. Okay, let's go. Really getting, what's the point? Uh, 2017, they set out how, after only five years of collecting fecal samples from bats in a Yunnan cave, <laughs> who believes this shit? Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> okay, keep in mind, too, that there's 380,000 viruses that infect mammals, and they're going, and they're hunting <laughs> They're sifting through bat shit in, like, remote caves, and they're finding viruses. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it through the rest of this. <laughs> Are they have, like, a scanning electron microscopes, like, in their, in, like, their van or something, and they, like... What are they talking about? I, I There's no point in even reading this anymore. It's so stupid. Oh, man. Yeah, think critically about this stuff. It's just absolutely retarded. Well, Chris, you're not a scientist. You don't know. It's like, I'm just going off of what they're telling me. Maybe I could, maybe I could get somebody on the phone that's a, a virologist and then uh, start start throwing out these questions just to see what they say. I don't know. Yeah, if anybody wants to send me, maybe somebody out there knows a virologist and they can send, go to hoaxbusterscall.co and there's a contact link at the top of the page and maybe you could send me like their contact information. Um, and that also remind like, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to do calls on, but that, that might be a good one. Talk to a virologist. 
and just ask them like I like the thing I want to know um, and get some clarification on and um, because yeah here's another thing too I don't claim I don't claim to know what I'm talking about so I want to I want to talk to like an expert which I've done before I've done before on different subjects and then they say the most surprising things like there was a maybe could, that could be a, like a new series like a series like experts say the darndest things like they used to have a one that was like kids say the darndest things I think a a good one for the modern day would be like experts say the darndest things oh you know the expert said that um yeah, an expert said the reason why they don't put cameras on the moon is because uh, NASA doesn't have enough rockets. Experts say the darndest things. Um, yeah. See what they say about 380,000 unknown viruses in mammals. We have 72 vaccines on the vaccine schedule. How is anybody protected, especially in the light of what recently happened allegedly in China and the scenario that they're offering up as to how it happened? Okay, if you stop, because this bears repeating, and I think I'm going to, this is one of these things I'm going to keep repeating until somebody sets me straight with something that I'm missing. I don't know, maybe I'm missing something, but. You have 380,000 unknown viruses that infect mammals. According to science, this is not something that I'm making up. This is not something that I'm just, uh, you know, pulling out of my rear end and putting out there. This is science saying this. There's 72, from what I understand, there may be more, there may be less, 72 injections that your child has to get in order to go to school in California. Um... But at the same time, we're told that, like, these viruses can jump species and any given one of these 320,000 unknown, see, they're unknown. They could infect and they could be really bad. They could be worse than smallpox. They could be worse than measles. They could be worse than uh, polio, potentially. We don't know. They're unknown. And they could jump species, like, at any time. And, uh, and for all practical purpose, like the, the practice of eating meat is not going to vanish off the planet any time in the near future. So um, how is anybody technically protected if you only have 72 shots? How is that even... Uh, how, how does this... How does this uh, impact the whole vaccine debate and discussion if we're going to look at what scientists science is actually telling us and then what we're seeing unfold out in the news with these recent events um yeah a, a virus can jump from a pig to a human uh and it previously only infected pigs but since we're eating pigs and we're having pigs in cages, we're putting ourselves at risk of having infection by not only pigs but avian flu. So they gave and they've given us that too. So they've given us a. Let's think about this. 
One, two, check. Oh, that must have been somebody outside. That was weird. So we had the avian flu. We've had the swine flu. Uh, and this is all kind of within the last uh, decade or couple of decades. When was SARS? That was like a... Yeah, but we've had these flus and these uh, epidemics or, pan or epidemics... Was it a pandemic if it goes global, so to speak? Epidemic if it just spreads around, whatever. So yeah, this has been this has been a psychological operation that's been underway for some time, and now we're seeing the current uh, talking. We're the talking points coming out of the environmentalist movement, and then now we're seeing like the events line up just like we saw with uh oh just another example like obama taking office and then his anti-gun position and then um all of a sudden you saw the news events shift over with a very concentrated focus on guns and then they, and then lo and behold, we had a mass shooting. And then like uh, three months later, we have another mass shooting. And then four months later, we'd have another mass shooting. And then five months later, we'd have another mass shooting. And then two months later, we'd have another mass shooting. And then that went on and on throughout Obama's uh, term, both of his terms. And then at the same time, you'd have people coming out saying, "Oh, this is always going on. There's, there's always been mass shootings. This ain't, this didn't just start happening with Obama." But then you can actually go pull up the official records, which somebody did, and I, and I posted that on my, uh, on my video, which you can get my videos at um, hoaxbusterscall.co. Link, there's a video link, and uh, yeah, one of them there's documents this. It's like. Uh, Oh man, I can't recall the title off the top of my head, but whatever. It's about sh the mass shootings. I think it's like uh, uh, the shooting epidemic. We can't stop laughing, or some one of those. But anyway, it documents the fact that, like, uh, yeah, under Bush Jr.'s term, there was only like twenty-eight mass shootings, and then under Clinton, there was only like. Uh, Third, or I don't know. Low number, low figures of mass shootings is defined as being four or more people, four or more victims in a shooting die, and that's a mass shooting. And then, then you go to Obama's term, and there was like 128. It's like six, eight times the number of uh, the previous administration. Any given, any given one previous administration, and then the combined total. It's like, it's like every president combined didn't have more mass shootings than Obama but then like uh, what's the point well it's like you have the same thing that we're seeing now where it's like uh, within the last, and this has been going on the last couple of decades you see the talking points with the environmental environmentalist uh, talking points and then now they're saying uh, this is relatively recent where they've really started hammering the idea that like oh eating meat is killing the planet and then uh with all this going on and and being uh propagandized and pushed out into people's minds we have this so-called pandemic 
And then what are the central points of this whole narrative that we're supposed to buy into with this pandemic is that uh, deadly viruses come out of meat. That's interesting, right? I don't know. Is it another example of my apophenia? I got the apophenia, man. I got it real bad. I'm seeing patterns, man, where they're not really patterns. You're just seeing things, Chris. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean there's like a plan or anything. This is just happening. It's just happening. Like, you meat's always been bad, man. You just didn't know it. And it always made everybody sick. And that's always happened throughout history. It's like people would eat meat and get sick. And then everybody would get sick. And then half the people would die. And then the next week, the other half would die. And then we had to re-evolve out of the primordial soup multiple times, man. Because we just don't learn that it's not good to eat our living uh, brothers and sisters, our fur brothers and our fur sisters out there. It's just not the right thing to do. Maybe we'll get enlightenment one day when we have to re-evolve again after this new pandemic wipes everybody out. You just don't see it, Chris. You don't know. You thought you you thought history started when you were born. You don't realize that everybody was wiped out multiple times in the past by viruses caused by eating monkeys and, and bats. You just don't know this. This is hidden history. The meat industry is hid from you. They've keep this stuff controlled, and they've 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 hid the history. That and it's and it's been the there's a conspiracy, but you just don't know that it's it's the meat industry that's in control of the country, and it's in control of history, and they made you believe that eating meat is is natural and normal but it's killing you and it's killing the planet and it's going to kill the planet again. The planet's already been killed. The population has already been wiped out 30 times in history and it's all from eating meat. You just didn't know it. And then we're going to have to re-evolve out of the primordial stew again because we never learned to stop eating our fur brothers and our fur, th our fur sisters. When will it stop? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, my hot coat likes for brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm joking around, but that's not really too far afield. It's not too far out there. I mean, as far as like what is being put out there right now as we speak. Ah, uh, does anybody want to call in? Go ahead and call in. The numbers are at the top of the talk shoe dot com page. What happens if we go to talk shoe dot com? If you go to, uh, my link takes me to my page, but, oh, let's go to talk shoe dial-ins is it the link at the top yeah it's the dial-ins so if you dial in let's say you're in the Midwest you call this 605-562-0444 if you're on Australia you call 618-9520-3114 if you're in Canada you call 
six seven two nine two three zero six six Denmark four five seven eight seven two nine four one one I can't do Denmark so I do British um, anyway all the numbers if you're in Poland they got a number if you're New Zealand they got a number so you don't have to share the same number with the Australian you have your own number New Zealand you can call in with your own number you don't have to use Australia's dirty old 61 area code you can use your proper 64 area code South Africa man they got South Africa too Zurich Switzerland what time is it in South Africa it's only 10:30 at night here man I've been on a odd sleeping schedule too I need to get my self straightened out Ugh. Da da ba ba da ba. What do I got? I have like, oh man, what's that? Stuff in the in the blog, and then I got stuff in the uh, um, in the hopper here on my notes. And I have people. Um, oh yeah, I had donations, and uh, wanted to thank the people who sent out donations scooty doop what yeah I had uh, Peter sent a donation in man I appreciate that and uh, Diego sent a donation in and um, yeah I just want to put something out too like uh, I want to list it on the site when you send a donation in and unless somebody tells me specifically not to use their last name, then I'm just going to put your last name and the amount you donated unless you tell me not to. That's why I'll, <clears throat> that's why I'll, I'll do it because I want to list people who've donated. And for the past couple of donations, I'll just put like your first name since you didn't specify. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if anybody wants to send a donation, help me out. Keep, help me uh, stay with it and uh, encouragement and offer material support that's most appreciated looks like Kalida Kalida is in the call the call uh, queue let's unmute Kalida and see what she has to say Hey, Hello. Kalita, how's it going? How are you, what number did you call in on? Good, on? thank you. Just use the, um, the talk show to do it. Just press the join online studio. Oh, you're breaking up. <clears throat> your volume oh, is low, too. Yeah, just turn your volume up. I got to turn you up on my end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just pressed the join online studio button on my phone. So I didn't really call anything. Oh, so you can call through the uh, interface. Interesting. Yeah, um, I'm doing it on my phone, which I I'm not sure if I could do it on my PC, but the phone's pretty good. 
thing. Oh, right. Okay. So you go into um, like your microphone icon. How do you do it? You just like uh. Um, well, when I'm just listening to you, it's like there's a screen and you can press play and then that's when you can hear the live um, audio. And then at the top of it, it's just got like a green button, George, or if you just press the green button, it takes you through. I think you could do this on the last, um, the last, like, model, whatever, that TalkShoe was running off. I don't think it worked. So. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Cool, yeah, so you don't have to, like, dial and, like, what is the, what is the deal with the numbers, then? I guess you could call in if you know when the call's going to be, and then you have the numbers saved in your phone, then you don't even have to yeah. log into the you website, have... you can just call the number, and it'll patch you yeah, through. Yeah, you could probably just listen to you could probably listen as well, I think, like that. I'm not sure. Right. If you never had a PC, say, or something like that. Or the internet, maybe, if you never had that in your phone, you could still call it and listen. I'm not sure, actually. Quite yeah. Uh, I'm good not sure either. Um... So you're asking about shots are full of animals. Yeah, like what about that too? Aren't they grown on aborted fetal lines yeah. and animal yeah, cells? Like they say they're in the vaccines, there's animal cells in the vaccines. Yeah, like the BCGs growing on cow, cow, cell. But you've got like everything ranging from, I can't remember, I heard a guy saying once there was, Scorpion cells and some of them. I think that's maybe kind of far out, but like the, uh, the common ones, there's in uh, dog cell lines and all sorts of things. Like it's just right there, you're kind of you're engrafting the, like the possibility of disease, bestial disease, and into human. You know what I mean? That should never happen. Like, should never mix blood with animals. I think even the Bible says it, to be honest. Yeah, mixing up <laughs> stuff. And uh, I don't think that's a good idea. Splicing genes. No. Like, what can they really do and what, they're, what they purport to do and what they... I, I, I tend to think that, that that stuff is really going on. Uh, whatever you could yeah. imagine that they the the idea that the that there's some kind of ethics that restrain them from um, you know trying to clone people whatever I don't I don't believe that I believe that they do pretty much whatever they can imagine doing uh, yeah. but then yeah how far can you take that stuff I don't know there's probably all kinds of hideous crap that uh, goes on in these labs and stuff. That's strange, like, just the fact that the genetics sort of thing is straight off of your gen. So I was sort of a, like, 
looking into it a bit as in like can I make head nor tail of any of it and it's all, <clears throat> all like um like code like I just don't know where that kind of code and, and stuff would actually come in nature I might be wrong but you know what I mean like where everything's coded and um, I don't know it doesn't make much sense but and just it coming straight out of eugenics you know what I mean a shaky foundation for anything to be genuine about it I don't know well yeah that's a part of history I, I made a post about that too eugenics and conservation there's a post up there on that you can read about the I have the Roosevelt and Rockefellers and Mar uh, Margaret Sanger and all this like they're all like these um, um, very enthusiastic eugenicists and then uh, mm -hmm. yeah they like sterilized people and they they wanted they had these campaigns and stuff going on in the United States like in the early um, 1900s and uh, that's part yeah. of history but people seem to have forgotten about all that and it's like yeah do you want to do you want to trust those same people with injecting shit into your child that's like a good question I think yeah, yeah, that's quite like fundamental. Every one of the, you know the, uh, well, like salt and um, all of them are eugenicists, eugenists, whatever you like to call it. I think. Yeah, eugenics. I, I know. And um, it might not like it's. Everything, I think, everything in eugenics, it's still, it's um, just completely changed names and branched out like the wee tree that they had as a logo. But it's, man, it's like a everyday kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's pretty much commonplace. Well, it's like everything. Like they could take the most ridiculous crap like that and they could just put um different labels on it like they put like yeah they now they yeah. call it family planning and uh plan yeah. planned parenthood as the organization and it's like yeah basically eugenics and then uh and they even tell you too like oh yeah black uh, the number of black children that get aborted it's like wow it's crazy it's like more are aborted than are actually that's born and that's totally yeah. acceptable but see they could in the, uh, in the out of their circumstance, he's like, oh, that's like genocide. That's horrible. But then they could reframe it and then say, oh, it's about we, we want to make the focus about the, the the right of the woman. And then we'll make it about uh, her sovereignty over her own body that she can do it. And then at the, it, but the mental disconnect that you have to like you have to like navigate around like a like a contortionist yeah. you have to forget the fact that you live in a society that the same woman she can't she couldn't smoke a joint if she wants to but now she can because they change yeah. they arbitrarily change that but she but she can do whatever she wants with her own body but they had the same thing set up for ages where like oh the talking point is she can she's allowed to do with whatever she wants with her own body as long as she doesn't smoke a joint and then we'll throw her in prison that's that yeah, was the I reality was but now see they're changing that but still like you go to jail for snorting coke so you can't do whatever you want yeah. with your own body 
obviously. Well, I don't like it. Kind of, I always think like, well, that argument. What if she's having? What if she's like pregnant with a wee girl? Then what about the wee girl? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what if? What about her then? It just doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, it's not that. Like, I think that way. Like, there should be any different thinking. If it's a boy or a girl, she's pregnant with. But if you like, just does your argument sort of thing. Well, what about the the, the female child that she's like aborting? You know what I mean? What about? Oh yeah. What if the baby's a female? Do? That's a good point. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, then she has like zero rights <laughs> at all whatsoever. Yeah. And no hope to ever have any rights in the future. You're just like. That we never. I think it's a bit more varied in America. It's still like the uh, Christianity is a bit stronger over there. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. But um, it was sort of just given like a one sort of track uh, explanation for everything like that through the kind of like sex education. You know, and you got that kind of thing. Any kind of like alternative view on it or anything like that provided at all, and the way that they kind of kind of um, particularly say there was a big pro in America. Well, it would be, it would be framed a certain way, like oh here the nutters are, you know what I'm framed a kind of certain way. Well, yeah, like. Um... Yeah, it started with, uh, well, the whole idea, too, and I think that's what the reason for the AIDS epidemic, because they made that into a oh, big yeah. thing that everybody is supposed to be terrified about. And then that, yeah. that what that did is, like, um, yeah, once it got everybody good and terrified about some sexually transmitted disease, then they'd have to, they'd have to concede that, oh, yeah, we need to give the experts more leadway on what they can teach our children because it's all about education you know so we need them to like because i remember the the big thing is like was being offered up as the solution to the problem that was created was uh oh condoms and then so now we need to like have classes like uh which they apparently have in like um like grade school like have the teacher show yeah show show toddler how to put a condom on it was like this absurd nonsense yeah. but yeah that all came out of the AIDS scare and all that and that was the whole pretext for getting that started it was like oh it's life or death see yeah and that's one thing that yeah. like uh I was going to bring up too is like um like when you see these things come out these uh these psychological operations come out in the media like this thing with this virus and then they're reporting that it comes from meat well, what that does, and I noticed this too, because um, I, I did that debate with that Logan Blake guy, and um, I've I've contacted, I'm uh, subscribed on his Twitter, 
and like he just recently sent me a thing to debate him again and it's like and I, I know why he's doing that because like he's he's seen this thing on the news and it's like oh now i got i i, know, I got another branch from my dialogue tree and i'm gonna yeah i want to i'm gonna smash chris with it i guess like he's gonna he's gonna yeah he's gonna <laughs> tell me how the cow ate the cabbage with the uh the fact that meat causes pandemics you know he's gonna I guess that's, I'm guessing that's what he's going to do, but yeah, it's like, that's, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing like the, you're seeing that the ideology is being encouraged and it's being, um, this movement being created with the appearance that it's a grassroots movement. And then this stuff will come out in the news, uh, that gives them ammunition and, um, that uh, is to be used for the talking points, the anti-meat talking points, uh, among other things. I'm not saying that's the whole entire reason why they had this phony pandemic, but it's like uh, that's one of the main reasons is the, is is to serve the anti-meat agenda. Because if you go on any of these, um, that's another thing too that I did is I went on these different. Uh, oh, there's live kindly there's like some other ones out there plant-based news and it, so there are these vegan websites that are the more prominent ones uh PETA is another one it's like animal rights yeah. but it's more and they all of them have come out with a story saying see see we told you so uh the the meat caused the pandemic and it's meat that's bad they're, they're all saying it so it's like so when I saw that I was like I, I knew I already knew before I even bothered looking it up, that that's exactly what they would um, be saying. And of course, that's true because yeah, you're looking at like a, you know, multi-pronged agenda at work, and uh, then you're gonna see stuff come out in the news that serves that purpose to a T. Like it couldn't be more custom crafted to suit the talking points, you know. And then it's like, oh, see, we told you so. Yeah. Meat is bad, and then it's now it's causing. No, 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 no. It's causing uh, pandemics. Look, we told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's yeah, that's basically yeah. it. I've noticed like recently, it's like they've got um, they've they've managed to warm and like I don't watch soap operas or anything, but my mum does, and so I was at her house like last week. Just that they were running a, a like a, a storyline on. Coronation Street, which is, I mean, I don't know what the viewing uh, amount, like, who, who watches it. I would say quite a lot of people do watch it, though. I don't know, but a lot of people watch that. It's like a national treasure thing. And um, the storyline on it, that there's a guy that... Um, um, whether to get his child vaccinated or not and mm. the way it went on it was just so like I'm waiting till the story fell out and then I'll try and show you or whatever but like the guy was like um, saying oh yeah I went I was looking at flat earth stuff and then I start you see like going to the ridiculous so then I started looking at then I started getting to the vaccination stuff, so I, hes I was hesitant to do it. So the child gets measles and is in the hospital. The wee baby's in the hospital, and the next, like the, con they conclude it by 
um, some woman, some other woman is in the hospital and catches the measles from the, the child and uh, has a, a miscarriage with her, with her pregnancy. And I'm just like, my God, man, they're really <laughs> like giving you tight, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, they want to go really? for the emotional impact, the high emotional impact. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all emo- like the propaganda is like heavily centered around emotionalism that's like when i was watching the what the videos about this virus thing it's like uh you can go yeah they're going straight for the heart and then the and then it it was like wow it couldn't be more custom crafted to like get people stirred up like that that are already kind of uh bought into the whole yeah environmentalism and then like um yeah eating meats killing the planet and then they and then they show you the little fluffy puppies and stuff in the evil the evil mm-hmm. backward chinese people that are eating <laughs> wild game and stuff that caused this they brought it on themselves and they brought it on the world they're going to kill everybody <laughs> by eating um yeah wild game but they showed you the like the it's just like golly man this this propaganda is so thick man it's just thick and it's so obvious it's just like <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was about ready to just like shut it off because it was just so intensely insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you see this like the vaccines, yeah, the vaccines, man. Like, yeah, the kid and the fear mongering, and they bring in like, um, like children, and it's like, uh, uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, your child's gonna die, and they focus in on that. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't do anything like, uh. Yeah, th- th- showing you any anything like evidence based. It's all emotional appeals and shit. Uh, Kalita, what happened? You mute? Did you mute yourself or did it? Uh... Yeah, sorry, my li- no, my line just my my line just got unconnected. I'm oh. kind of using this uh, mobile Wi-Fi thing. It's a bit uh, un what would you call it unreliable. But anyway, yeah, that's me back. Oh, it's that. Uh... It's national nationalized uh, internet or something like that. Oh, it's just like uh, yeah, it's just like a dongle thing. I might actually get you to show me that uh, eBay deal thing if it if you can get it here. I don't know. Yeah, you might be able to. Uh, I mean, if you got cell carriers, and I'm 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 sure they probably do. Yeah, I'll uh, send you a link to that. Um, sure. It's cheaper yeah, that... than uh, paying cable internet, and it. I don't need cable internet. I'm not like. I'm not downloading downloading big files or anything like that. Yeah. It's uh, it's, well, I've just got like, like so much data that I can use, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's just like if you watch videos or anything, it'll just run out really quick. Oh yeah, well this here is unlimited, and um, last month I used it was like almost two hundred gigabytes or something. It was a lot. Um, right. But uh, yeah, just watching videos. The last few weeks I've been was watching a lot of videos, but uh. And I, plus, I wanted to run it up to see how high, how much data it would let me use, and it, it's like, man, I used quite a bit, and it didn't uh, yeah. throttle me or anything. 
So what are the what is the word in in um, Scotland there? Do they like tell you to be worried about the virus? Um, the uh, it was on all the news just uh, maybe for a week or so. Um, ah. There was apparently brought into Glasgow though with it. I don't know why, but they were brought into that big super hospital in Glasgow. <clears throat> and I was reading all sorts of things about it. I mean, one of the things that there's a good website by the way called News Lookup. If you put like a search term in there, <clears throat> you can put in where like what you can put in parameters like dates and stuff, and it'll just give you all the news all over the world, I think, um, on whatever you're searching on. And I looked up that virus, and it was even saying things like, we're treating, we're going to treat the virus with HIV drugs, which is like, that's like chemotherapy, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, if there's any kind of death, though, that might be why. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) So this new one, they're going to give them HIV drugs with this new virus? That's what it said. We're going to treat treat it with eight drugs, which is basically, I mean, if you look at it at all, like, that's what killed people (laughs) with AIDS thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like black black label chemotherapy drugs. Um, Pretty strange, and that they were going to build a a hospital in six days just to deal with one thing. I was like, oh no, (laughs) just just start to build one hospital to deal with uh, this coronavirus thing. Just have everybody get on uh, AIDS drugs. Yeah, like they say, those AIDS AIDS drugs are like really. Highly toxic, oh. yeah. It's like chemotherapy or something. It's like a, and yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like something that they were discontinuing, and then like uh, then they started using it as a treatment for AIDS, and then they brought it back, mm-hmm. but it was so mm-hmm. it was so toxic that they were like phasing it out, and then like yeah, with the AIDS they brought it back. Yeah, there's just so many people that that they. They kind of, they said that the, the the people that sort of are still alive, the now were always people that thought outside the, you know, the science box of like doing what your doctor told you to do. They're still alive, basically. Yeah, the people that just didn't this get really any strange. treatment and stuff are still alive. Yeah. They say yeah. Like, what yeah, about Magic Johnson? Is he still alive? I need to look was, him up. Yeah, I think so. It's truly mad. I mean, I looked into it late recently, and it came down to being like the test. That's really what, and you want to talk about eugenics because you can actually like target certain areas to go and get tested. But what does the test? What is the test? What are you testing for? Well, all sorts of things show up in one of those tests and even like in the tests you know the little inserts uh-huh. it says don't use as a test <laughs> yeah it does say that in the inserts so it comes up for vaccinations 
uh, pregnancy comes up, we'll maybe give you a pre- uh, uh, positive. Um, all sorts of things, uh, whether you've taken drugs, um, lots of things. And so if you think about that, that test is like just a weapon that whoever you market to come and get your test and they're going to hang up for X, then they're going to think they've got this disease and um, take the drugs that kill you. You know what I mean? And so they're saying, um, I think his name is Liam Sheff, H, no, S-C-H-E-F-F. And he was saying, like, so you'll never see it, the affluent areas, but, like, the um, the poorer areas that will always be, uh, go and get your test. And it's pretty... Um, as well and well I think that's quite confusing as well because it kind of targeted gay people you know so it's quite strange thinking that way and then what's happening just a bit of a turnaround you would think but it's just like they're getting news you know Yeah. Um, it's quite strange. Yeah. Because there was no evidence, like, there was, on the contrary, there is no evidence to say that it's sexually. Because what is it? You're, it's, it doesn't exist, basically. They've never uh, separated, and they're pretty open about that. You know, it's just like, uh, just a big propaganda thing, really. Well, yeah, like uh, like with this with this so-called virus, I was I was thinking about that. It's like, well, does this even exist? Because they were saying, because they were like, because like, what are the symptoms? Well, it's like having a bad cold, and it's like, well, okay, it's like. And I've brought this up before with the swine flu. It's like, well, how do they know that you have the swine flu and it's not just a regular case of the flu? Because isn't the flu going around? The flu doesn't stop going around when the swine flu starts, right? Because you you would have the flu still going on and then you would have the swine flu. So someone shows up at the hospital and they're like, well, I don't feel so good. Um and then like my sister-in-law she got diagnosed as having swine flu and then um i and then they don't run any tests on her blood or anything or look at look her blood look for the virus under a microscope they don't do anything like that and um yeah i called the cdc and i asked them i said well how do you, how do you make that determination like that it's swine flu um she never really gave me a straight answer. I couldn't really figure out like what she was driving at. Yeah, it was like it didn't make any sense because they don't check it. There's no test for yeah. that specific virus. It's just kind of like, well, what are the symptoms? Yeah. It's like having a like my sister was saying. She it was like she had a bad case of the flu. It's like oh, so a bad case yeah, of the flu, so then so, that's swine flu. So like is it the, yeah? I'm sorry, I'm straight there. Science right there. If you've not got any t- 
test that you can replicate kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, so what Just are they basing it off of? Us, uh, which I think is a perfectly legitimate question. I don't I don't know why there isn't more people asking that question out there. I mean, I... You go to okay. You go to the hospital. Let's say you're in Wuhan, China, and you're like, "Man, I got a sore throat. Man, I don't feel too good. Uh, it must be the Wuhan virus. I know I got it because my nose <laughs> is running." You go to the doctor, and then it's like, "How do they know what you have? Do you got the flu? Do you got it? Because mm-hmm. they said it's like having the cold. It's like, do I have a cold or do I have this virus? Like what?" What are they basing it on? Like, you know, oh, I feel really bad. Oh, it must be a, yeah, then, like, yeah, what is the criteria for making that determination? Yeah, like, you don't have a, well, they're saying a bit of a, about a test. What, like, what's that? Yeah, what do they use to test it? How do they, how do they know exactly what virus is infecting you? I don't. I don't know. Like uh, then, then, then you could see how, like, if they announce this to people, like, and then they start putting it in the news, and then they start showing you people going around with those masks on, and the, and it's like a lot of the Asians, yeah. from what I understand, are sort of hypochondriacs anyway. And then you start putting that idea yeah. out there, and it's like, yeah, all of a sudden you're gonna have people flooding into the hospital. I'm sure that's exactly what happened if you if you did that here. If you started putting stuff out in the news, yeah. just suggesting that there's an epidemic or a pandemic, you would have people you people in droves would start showing up the hospital that have absolutely nothing wrong with them, no virus whatsoever, no symptoms or anything whatsoever. And I and I saw I ran across something too. It's like. They were saying they were showing a bunch of people that looks like they were in the hospital waiting room, like Chinese, and they were saying something to the effect like, um, "Yeah, they'll be determined whether whether or not they have symptoms." It's like, what what are they doing there if they don't even have symptoms? <laughs> it's like they it's like psych it's psychological. It's like yeah, they'll show up there thinking that they're they've got it. You know, and it's like, so it's like, yeah, then you can create the perception. It's like, oh, pandemic, here we go. It's like, no, you actually, through the power of suggestion, you created the pandemic. Is that what they did? I don't I don't know. But I, I don't know how you could prove that that's not what happened. What, what, what proof do you have that it was actual some kind of virus going around? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, what actual proof? They say, oh, well, don't you know that there's all these dead people? It's like... Yeah, but then on the other hand too, like people die from the flu, and I, then I've then I was trying to read up on that. It's like how many people die from the flu in China every year, and it's like from everything that I could read, it's like no one really knows because China doesn't put out the true numbers. They they know they estimate they know a lot more people die than what they say, but they say China doesn't. So they lie about that. So they lie about everything. They're the Chinese communist, but they're putting this stuff out in the news, and everybody just totally swallows it. Does that make it? Does that? That's another thing that does doesn't make any sense. So there's a Chinese communist government. They they they're constantly busted for lying, especially like about virus and stuff. You can't even get accurate, even remotely accurate figures. I'm I'm saying according to official sources of what China reports. But at the same time, we're supposed to believe everything that comes out of China. It's totally ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, I cut off again. 
Yeah, it's the uh, um, Scottish Rite Freemasons that are sabotaging the call. <laughs> They're a little bit more technical skills, I think. So yeah, it's quite strange as well. Like, the well, I don't know. Probably this country as well. I don't know. Probably like the communist thing and stuff. To be believing in them. Yeah, like After you're going to believe everything the commies tell you. And they admittedly <laughs> lie about all this stuff, too. That's another thing that's crazy. Because you, if you go out looking at flu statistics for China, uh, and then you're going to get a, uh -huh. official U.S. reports talking about how China lies out their ass all the time about the flu statistics. <laughs> but then, like, here's the Wu-Tang, Wu, Wuhan virus, and it's like, oh, we're supposed to believe every damn word they say about it. It's like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's probably hard to get any statistics on China because it's so like, widespread. There's... Oh, well, yeah. And then it's like, what do they have, like a billion people supposedly over there? And wow. No. Billion people, yeah. It's like a I used to, madhouse. I used to work in a unit, like still in university, and it was with the English department, so you would have to write out to Chinese people and stuff quite a bit. And the addresses are like so, I mean, like they filled up the whole envelope, just the size of the address, you know what I mean? Just must be really densely populated, some of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, um, some of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I think there's just a lot of like people that stay so rural as well. Like I'm sure I heard, um, you know how they had the the one child uh, policy thing, but like it was hard to enforce things like that really in that country was. Oh yeah, so many they can't enforce nothing there. I'm sure. <laughs> so they they totally hundred percent rely on fear mongering, which which is pretty effective. I mean, I, I would think, yeah, yeah. There's no way they can keep that yeah. many people in line. They have to use the sophisticated propaganda techniques. Um, uh, but is that true about them being the most vaccinated people? Supposedly, they are the most vaccine-compliant right. on the planet. Yeah, they're compliant. They are quite... I don't mean they're compliant, like, but they are... They don't... They don't they're not inclined to question their authorities and stuff like that, I don't think. It's hard to know. Yeah. I, th I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's Maybe true I'm or wrong. not. Maybe I'm wrong saying that. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I do tend to think that it is mostly true. But not not true of everybody, of course. But for the for yeah, like they're, no. I guess the way to put it is like their compliant population um, is because you got that you got you got a segment here in the United States, and I and I think it's probably not if you were to actually do a, a cross comparison between China and the United States about mm -hmm. like the number of people that are compliant, you'd probably have roughly the same averages, you know. I think it was like 
I think right. with every population, it's pretty much the same. You have like the 80-20 rules, like 80% of the people, like they could, the, if the government put out that like, uh, I don't know, I was trying to say, think yeah. of something preposterous, but if they come out saying like, uh, yeah, <laughs> dogs can actually fly or something like that, then like anything <laughs> they say, would people would believe it. Like 80, probably 80, 70, mm-hmm. 75 to 80% of people maybe, maybe it's not that high. But I'm just saying, like, the 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 numbers of people that are fairly going to pretty much believe whatever they're told, that that figure is, is mm-hmm. the majority, no doubt. Uh, and it's probably this, it's probably not that much different in China. But when you're dealing with a population yeah. of a billion people, that, that, that middle section that believes everything is going to be bigger too, right? Yeah. So that probably also serves to create the impression that, that yeah. <laughs> What's that again? I think it. I think people are quite actually. Com- well, I don't know if they're not. They're quiet. They're quite compliant here, actually. Oh yeah, they're compliant here too in the United States. So in Scotland, yeah, yeah. people are pretty. I, I've heard too, like Europe, Just it's like UK people are even more so than in the United States. It's so. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like less of a, like less alternative even, you know, like that, uh, that sort of thing. And internet a little bit, but I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see it that much. I think people too like it's. It's funny how it's like a part of national pride, like in Europe, that they're not allowed to own firearms. Like they, it's like, well, yeah. it's almost like they, that they've adopted that as part of their identity and they like take pride in it. Oh, our, yeah. our, our daddy doesn't <laughs> let us have guns and, and they know, just so they ignorant, know better than, like, yeah, so they like pride He's themselves like in it. Freaking like, bizarre. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, weird. Totally. Well, I don't know. I, I, I've just, I just caught the front page of the pub yesterday um so i didn't i don't even know what but it looked like some kind of jihad thing happened a main like a main what it was though i just seen that image and it looked like a guy shooting someone <laughs> i'm not sure i think there was some kind of terror thing here yesterday or the day before i don't know what it was isn't that fairly regular though like they, yeah, they kind of routinely do that over there. Like they, um, like on the one hand, like you're yeah, supposed to be so like right. totally, like isn't it? Don't they have it set up to where like, um, as far as the Muslims, because they have the big influx of uh, immigration, and then they have yeah, suppo- supposedly like all which uh, which I think yeah makes sense that they would have all kinds of crime problems and stuff with the giant influx of like uh, impoverished third world people it seems like yeah and then yeah. then then on the other hand it's like oh but don't point it out because that's prejudice yeah or or yeah. it's it's the, another thing you don't point out is the fact that like the reason for well one reason you know it's multi reasons as usual but probably the main reason is because like we are a what would you call it uh The population, we're not, like, uh, you know, we're not, 
producing enough children for the population to be whatever productive or whatever. I think that's one of the main reasons to do that. Oh, just one second. Sorry. One, two. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I had to jump up for a second. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how we can have um, these obvious, obvious contradictory positions, you know that everybody just kind of accommodates into their thinking and it's and it's like uh so but they but it's funny how the it's like how everybody's so psychologically manipulated to automatically take anything that can be pointed out as like a contradiction or a circumstance or something and then like it's it, then it could be immediately reinterpreted and reframed within this left wing left wing right wing paradigm yeah it's like no, it's just like yeah. oh, like yeah, like what I what I pointed out with like the immigration, um, okay. have, resulting in pockets of unvaccinated people, and it was like, well, that's that would be obviously the case. I don't see how there's any way around that. But then, like, if I were to say that to somebody, then they would immediately um, p paint me as like a right wing bad right-wing uh, bigot for for pointing yeah. that out it's like the, then that's where that then that's where the 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 shift over would think and then it's like then it's like no i'm not really right-wing i don't i'm not a trump supporter and then like then then it's like no one wants to talk to you because they have have no frame of reference for you they don't want to deal with yeah. you because they don't know how to handle that it's like oh you're not pro-Trump like how, what do you mean uh, it's like uh, never mind I don't want to talk to you what are you like an alien from outer space or something it's like they don't have no way no frame of reference for you you know and it's like um, yeah. yeah especially you go in to start talking about how like Barack Obama and Bill Clinton like you can go find their positions on immigration and it's like yeah they sound exactly like donald trump does today they're saying the exact same thing like all these politicians in the past have said the same thing that it, that's it's a problem and then there's probably even all these examples you can point out that that uh, they're unvaccinated and people pointing that out but see that's not part of the it's not part of the current set of talking points. So it's like if you bring it up, you're 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 doing something that's out of line. You're not you're not you're not playing mm -hmm. it right. Like it doesn't matter if you're right or yeah. left wing. Like even even if you're right wing, you're not going to bring up the uh, the uh, unvaccinated immigrations immigration hordes coming into the United States. That's not really part of the talking point. It may be yet, yeah, but to a very limited extent. You're not going to hear this 
probably brought up on um, oh Tucker Tucker Carlson or something like that. Probably not. Maybe, but it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be front and center. What's going to be front and center is like, um, yeah, the because they'll come out and say, oh, they're separating children from their parents at the border and. Then they can go back and forth about that. But what I'm saying is, like the all, all the all always the debate is framed. It's like you don't you you're not really yeah. supposed to go out a certain boundary, and then and then connect dots outside of that. That's why a lot of people that are mm-hmm. labeled conspiracy theorists, you'll hear them say stuff like, "Oh, connecting the dots." In other words, it's like, "Oh, taking." Taking stuff that's out of the pre that you're, you're looking and examining stuff that's outside the boundaries of the predefined talking uh, corral that people are placed in, mm-hmm. and then yeah, then you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like so, I'm, me talking about that is like I'm firmly in the conspiracy theorist camp because you know pointing pointing stuff out about immigration that's obvious. Uh, it it um but that it can't be it can't be necessarily reframed within a left right talking point you know what i mean then that's conspiracy theory land it's just the fact that like why like the people that are the people that are vaccinated they're vaccinated right so why do they have to worry about unvaccinated people i think about that too why do they need to worry? If they're vaccinated, they're all right, right? It's the um, <laughs> unvaccinated people, if anyone, that takes, like, the risk. But it's sort of turned on itself that... Well, the like... problem is that there's well, children... Was... <laughs> yeah, this is, like, another another point where logic completely falls apart is that uh they'll say if you're if you're vaccine resistant in other words like you don't want to get va- you don't want to get your children vaccinated then you're then you're putting children at risk who can't get vaccinated for a medical reason or because they'll they'll fall flat on the tile face down on the tile if they get a vaccine like it'll literally kill them that's the only way you can get a vaccine exemption now anyway is like if the vaccine is proven that it will kill you and then say well then you're putting them at risk and it's like okay wait a minute whether i'm putting them at risk or not does not change the fact that you are going to have to contend with a certain segment of the population that is in fact unvaccinated so you're going to have that mm-hmm. circumstance no matter what, whether or not everybody complies or doesn't. That's where logic breaks mm-hmm. down. It's like, oh, you're you're putting people in danger who are unvaccinated. It's like it doesn't matter what reason they're unvaccinated or not. They're still going to be unvaccinated. And and like the idea that that the that somebody who opts out of vaccines is putting somebody else in danger that. Um, can't get vaccinated for one other. That's just stupid. That's the illogical. It's like, okay, you, you're just pointing out something that defeats your whole argument, but you're not real. They're not realizing it. it's like, okay, because that'd be something that'd be pointing out. It's like, okay, so you're you're acknowledging that there is a certain segment of the population that is indeed unvaccinated. So then, like, what is your point then? It's like the reason that they're unvaccinated makes a difference. No. 
they're still unvaccinated. So, like, if they're unvaccinated and you're saying, well, we need to maintain herd immunity because then that that puts everybody at risk. And then it's like, well, then that then then certainly for that that unvaccinated segment of the population, no matter what reason why they're unvaccinated, whether they have a legitimate so-called reason or not, the fact remains that they're still among us and they're still unvaccinated. But let's not bring in the yeah. fact that, like, you got you got a way bigger uh, segment of the population that's represented by illegal immigrants coming in the United States that aren't getting vaccinated because they don't have to because they don't go through any checks or screens or anything like that. But that's okay. We'll just totally ignore that. It's like, no, you're, you you just you're completely devoid of uh any actual <laughs> rationale is just I, like not yeah i really haven't ever found anything to say that vaccines are any at all and other interesting sort of uh you're saying about the blind the double blind testing and stuff but there's a really velva or something they done like the ingredients to these vaccines and most of the ingredients they couldn't even identify you know what i mean they couldn't identify it that's like a bona fide scientific with all the testing facilities and stuff and they couldn't identify a massive percentage of what was in most of them so that's not very good. Oh well, yeah, people needn't needn't not concern themselves with any of that. They just got to go down and uh, yeah. get your shots like they tell you to, and not question it. And um, yeah, not not having yeah, any real yeah. rationale or reason behind the arguments that are given. They don't have to. They don't have to accommodate reality as it is known now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then another thing, it kind of frustrates me. It's like um, you'll have you'll have debates between people, and you'll see it online and stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, it's like people aren't very effective in debating. Either on the pro-vaccine yeah, side or on the anti-vaccine side, you you have like either side just very in, inept at debating. So what what it amounts to it's like anybody that's going to try to figure anything out or come across anything that's like a debate, they're gonna they're gonna default to the to the um, appealing to authority. That's what people end up doing. Yeah. It's like well, I'll just appeal to authority. I'll just default, go with what the experts say. Because uh, it's just too confusing. Well, like the, um, I can't remember what it was. The Andrew, which were American. Wakefield. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and they had the Vax the documentary and stuff, which like focused mm-hmm. on the autism. And I'm not saying that's not a, a good idea or anything like that, but it's totally like, I don't know, you're scratching the surface. Talking the autism, I think, you know. Yeah. Just... yeah. Oh, I, I, and I think that, uh, yeah, the the 
probably most um, the most probable culprit for autism is, is vaccines. I would think. Yeah. Uh, I think I think with a lot of people that know this that know this topic and that are more familiar with it, it's it's pretty yeah. blatantly obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll put it'll put off people as well. So it is a good thing, but it's like um, it, that. I was reading his website the other day, and he came out with a thing which is like is a sort of. Um, a, a, it's like a word they've created, if you like. So they, they can say uh, vaccines don't, don't cause autism, can detect that word however they like. Whereas that John Rappaport guy said in like an article, like it's, it should just be called vaccine damage. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be mm. more like. Yeah. Um, more accurate, you know. Yeah. And then people have pointed out that it's like, oh, they're full of, uh, you know, they have stuff in there like, um, oh, antifreeze, you know, ethylene glycol, which is like the antifreeze you put in your car that that's in vaccines Yeah. and, uh, aluminum is in vaccines and, uh, Mercury. Yeah, Mercury. What was that one you phoned up about? Do you know yeah. that phone call you done? And it was about Thimerosal. Mm-hmm. And I played that to my sister. And she was going to go and get the vaccines and that the following day. She was like, she had an appointment. And I did show her the vac. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. There's not. It's, uh, as I said, probably people just don't get it done. Mm-hmm. Look at it more. Um, I showed her the VAC document, and I showed her that phone call, and she, that, that was enough. To, like, Yeah, <laughs> like... Uh... The hound like, um, told them that uh, different doctors, surgeon member, which... Didn't, but and well, then it's um, you're you're uh, crazy if you think that that has anything to do with autism. But then on the other hand, it's like um, there you know you're just kind of looking at the fact that uh, yeah, heavy metals like aluminum and stuff are proven not to be good yeah. for you. And then it's like, well, you know, you would you. Breast milk has mercury in it. Breast milk has aluminum in it. It's like, well, okay, let's say that it does. Let's just say for the sake of discussion that it has as much mercury and aluminum in it as a vaccine does. Let's just say that. Well, when you're you're consuming something that's in food, 
um, your body yeah. is going to deal with it way different than if you have it injected into your veins. And I think that's yeah, pretty common sense. Body. Yeah. It's well, like so your body handles it completely differently. Yeah. Yeah, like what kind of refined mercury and sort of producing and what would like natural <laughs> smoke produce? I don't know, it'd probably be slightly different, I would say. Yeah, but the blood brain bar. Yeah, like uh, uh, Right, <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's all of that. Like we're you 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 know your your gut your gut acid and stuff is going to deal with it and then it's going to get into your system and then it's like it's going to it's going to be diverted off or handled differently than if uh, it's directly injected into your veins like you could eat a hamburger you'll be fine if you have the hamburger blended in a blender and then injected into your veins I don't know exactly what it would do but it's probably not a good idea So, I mean, yeah, there's that. But then, yeah, you'll get these these counter-arguments. And and to me, it's like, it's pretty basic. It's like, because like of all the things in the world, you have to inject aluminum into infants. I don't, that's one thing that I don't, I don't get. And it's like, yeah, there's obviously other options because like in the case of mercury, they say they took it out. So what that tells you, it's like, well, then you Mm -hmm. had from the beginning, another option besides mercury. Um, how they determined mercury was a good idea to inject into the veins of infants is, is something that's just beyond the stratosphere for me. It's like, it's like, how do you ever arrive at the conclusion that that would be acceptable is totally beyond me. I, I don't, that really gets me. Uh, Cause then people say, oh, it's just a small trace amount. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's, it's mercury. It's like highly toxic according to what's out there. You know, it's like, yeah, you would never yeah. do that. Never in a million years, but somehow like with vaccines, it's, it's got this magical, uh, fog around it that like you could put the weirdest, most bizarre shit in them and tell people that it's in there and they'll run excuses all day mm-hmm. why it's in there. And any other context, you would say, oh, hell no. No, I'm not. It's like, uh, let's say I, I got a like a stand set up on the corner. Oh, you want some uh, um, aluminum-infused hot dogs? And sell them to your kids on the street corner. <laughs> and then, um, oh, no, let's have this nut locked up. <laughs> and then it's like, um, well, officer, I only put in the same exact amount that's in the mercury that's in the vaccines that they inject directly into children it wouldn't matter i would still probably go to prison for poisoning children's food you know it religious religious um ritual like that is the vaccinations and the science i think to you know like most of it so that like definitely the um, uh, children inoculated for their safety kind of got a religious ritual or something. You know what I mean? I think it, yeah, I think it is more to do with something like that than it has anything to do with safety or 
Yeah, I think it's more of a yeah. There's more yeah. of a ritualistic ex- aspect yeah. to it, especially since yeah, they yeah, announce yeah. that it has all this mixed crap in there. They like they'll tell you that it has aborted fetal cells in it, and I mean, well, how gross is that? It's just, I mean, it's just mental. I, I, I think that is that alone, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would uh. I would think that that would make sense. Yeah, that's it's, it's some sort of a because you could read about like witchcraft, and then they'll talk about how they had these kettles, and they would throw like Eye of Newt and a bunch of other weird concoction of crap, and then it's supposed to do something. And when you read a vaccine yeah. insert, it's like that sound. That's what it sounds like. Like we're just throwing in the whole wow, yeah. everything except for the kitchen sink and gonna inject it into your child and then you're gonna and then you're gonna comply with it because of this magical spell that they've cast over everybody and then like every time somebody does it it's like a rich it's like a it's like this uh ritual that has this binding effect psycho spiritually. Mm-hmm over people mm-hmm. has nothing like to do with stopping things. disease what's that again the apparently if you get like not like like natural measles, like you're you're kind of supposed to get that like it, it, it puts your immune system through sort of process that makes it stronger in the long run mm-hmm. and it's like there's lancet papers and it's it's written in all this freaking crazy language but basically what it says is like measles without a rash okay is to um like cancer in later years so when you get like a rash right so it was showing you figures. They are not a problem. They were showing you how many people had really, you know, like people used to have measles parties and would like contract it naturally. Uh-huh. Um, clear, clear as day, and I can find that paper. Um, uh, if you got that wild. Natural, um, the measles naturally just like um, as a child, very small child, then you wouldn't get on and I'm speaking that because it was a lancet. Oh yeah, that's well understood. That if uh, you contract the measles or the chicken pox. Uh naturally or normally then you won't have a problem again for the rest of your life but then they'll tell you like officially like yeah you get the measles shot you don't have a me you don't have the antibodies for life it wears off that's why they tell you, you got to get a booster shot if you get it naturally if you if you contract it through how you normally would live this One, episode is being recorded two, and streamed live on TalkShoe.com. Check. One, you are joining the online studio. 
You are unmuted and can speak with the host. Recording started. To check. Yeah, it just kicks off and then comes back on. That's weird. Don't know why it did that. One, two, check. Then, yeah, what was I saying? I don't even know what I said that got cut off. I forgot. Huh. Well, man, what's going on here? It's still February the 3rd. The year is 2020. Who's in the chat? Roll call. Let's see. See, now they changed it where I got to go into the participants tab. It used to be all in one. Like, you go to the chat window. Like, the design of it looks good. It's just the... It's just the uh, the configuration that I don't like. Like the previous setup was a lot better. I mean, like you could see everybody. Everybody can chat, and then you could see who's participating. But you're not necessarily having to chat. You can just be hanging out. And then, I don't know. It's all right, I guess, but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit annoying yeah i noticed marcus came on last call did you know that cleta i didn't know that all right marcus allen yeah i didn't know he was in the chat until so i was talking about how you got to you got to toggle back and forth between these tabs and then when i was ending right. the call i was shutting down and i scrolled down 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 and it's like oh there's marcus allen in the participant list which is separate from the chat now maybe they'll put it back like that like it was I mean I like the look of it and everything but it's you know it's clean and but why put mm -hmm. it why put chat and the participants in separate because the way it was yeah. before it was all integrated yeah Oh, well. Yeah, and you could look up the chat as well. That was pretty good. That the um how they stored the chat. Well. Yeah, like uh, you could really uh, get an overview of what's going on. You don't have to like you don't have to um, switch back and forth and toggle. It doesn't require your input. It should just be right there. All well, whatever. Then I put that paper in the chat about the measles. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Like, yeah, you get immunity for life if you get measles. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well, that basically says, like, people's children didn't get cancer later on in life. Yeah, like if you get into it's looking written, and studying vaccines, this. like it, they make no sense. Like it, it they, yeah. yeah, because you're gonna be told that like, um, right? You know, you, everybody. If you're not vac, if you're not getting your child vaccinated, then you're, um, yeah. Once you learn about all this stuff, it's like 
I could see like people that are they just don't vaccinate their kids period and you think oh well isn't that dangerous like Mm -hmm. no once you learn about the vaccines then you understand that like for example like you get past a certain age you're not covered anyway unless you get unless you continue to get the the boosters and all that you you don't have the antibodies you don't have the immunity it wears off so when they're when they're when they're raising all this hysteria about people not being vaccinated that's another thing too it's like yeah once you get like in your 30s and stuff you don't have any vaccine protection anymore it's all worn off for the most part so all this hysterics about oh you're putting other people at risk it's like yeah well you're not covered anyway when you're when the when the vaccines wear off it's like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure that that yeah. uh, corvell for the um, experiments well like testing out the what was in some of them like the stuff that we the hpv one i think it was didn't even have in it the thing for hpv it wasn't yeah. even in it Oh, and they've they've proven, too, that the HPV, like, when they started that campaign, that the instances of cervical cancer, like, uh, doubled, like, after they started the uh, campaign. Oh, yeah. And they said another thing, too, it's like, they're, they're not getting, people are getting the vaccine, and another thing that's happening, too, is they're not getting... The, the the screenings for the cervical cancer have gone way down. So they so because people right. assume, well, I got the vaccine, right. so I'm not going to get the cancer, so I'm not going to get screened, and then that's contributing yeah. to like a lot more cases of people dying from. So it's resulted in a lot yeah. more people dying from cancer, but yet they, uh, yeah. Then they're talking about making it mandatory. Yeah, I was watching a lecture on it, and a woman was saying that. Um, it really wasn't like you know something that required anyway. Screen, suppose you could put it. It wasn't. I mean, I'm not saying it did the cervical cancer or nothing like that, but it was really brought down because of just doing green and another. Funny thing about HPV um, uh, shot is them giving it to boys as well. I mean, what the hell is that all? Right, yeah. Oh, it's nuts. <laughs> when they, they made mandatory, oh, I don't know. And I was just like, what? Does that not? I mean. Right, I mean, yeah, it's like it doesn't have any consistent logic to it at all and then you look at what they're vaccinating for and it's like well they didn't ex- vaccinate against that when i was a child so yeah. how did i make it through but it's like yeah. well <laughs> yes i you know I, I don't know when they all started but did any how did they last this long a bit like what you're saying about how did we last this long without the vaccinations? No, because I used to like ask people at church and stuff, like older people. Like, um, I would ask them, like, how many shots did you get when you were a child? And they would tell me, like, uh, sorry if they could remember. It's like, yeah, it was only like two or something like that. 
Yeah, and that's just that one generation removed from the one current one. It's like the pre, yeah, and then it's like, yeah, the World War II generation stuff. Like, well, right, how did they, see, this is like relatively recent on the scene then, this whole idea of being vaccinated. Yeah, and the big, like, and the big, like, well, what do you call it, the big epidemic cancer. Funnily enough, that's pretty new as well. Like, I was reading um, that Chesterton book, called, it's pretty good by the way, um, eugenics and other evils and just like everything he was going into, I was a bit like, wow, he never mentioned cancer, you know? So I think it was written in 1922 and I looked mm-hmm. back and I was like, I can't remember, but you can easily you know, look. Oh so yeah, like um, then, it was unheard of and then like they started vaccinating and cancer rates started like less. exploding. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing too. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, correlation is not causation. Unless they're unless you're trying to make the case that vaccines are effective, then correlation is causation and you're not supposed to question it. But like yeah. in the case where cancer mm-hmm. rates explode, like people didn't know even know what cancer was. And then after they started vaccinating yeah, everybody and like cancer started like just exploding everywhere, then it's like, um yeah, yeah. then it became common knowledge that yeah you get can now and now let's say oh like one in three people are going to di- um get cancer or get diagnosed with cancer one in three yeah it's like that's that's nuts man but uh yeah it was on un- we go we go from it being unheard of to being like one in three and this has all happened during yeah. vaccines yeah under vaccines mm-hmm. uh, bringing out a sort of a scientific story or whatever about like them looking into Egyptian like but that, that makes it I mean, that's kind of going back a bit probably do that with I don't know 200 year old things or you know I can't remember what the exact rate was but well significant Compared to now, it's just in from nineteen twenty. significant because, like, that's why I was wondering, like, man, he's kind of talking about stuff that he should mention cancer. I wonder why he's not mentioning that. So that's what made me it was well shocking that it did exist, but just very slightly, sort of thing. Well, yeah, correlation is not causation, Kalita. You got to understand well, that. Yeah. Just because cancer rates explode <laughs> right after they start vaccinating doesn't mean that that was the cause. Well, that actually is true. I mean, but then, you, but then on the other hand, you might think that oh, that's possibly some connection there. But um, yeah, correlation is not causation, but. Yeah, when you have to, when you're looking at something like that, because like you, we're talking about like something like some bizarre concoction of like some witch's brew of <laughs> ingredients like injected into infants, and then like the the re, like right on the tails of that, like this cancer starts like popping up everywhere. And like, and then yeah. you got autism, and then you got like these uh, neurological disorders, 
like they say, like, yeah, neur- neurological disorders are rampant now. Like, you got ADHD, you know, yeah, bipolar, schizophrenia, all this other stuff. And that's like uh, <laughs> rose, like, with the introduction of vaccines. And then, mm-hmm. then you can you could do this, um, connecting the dots, where you're you're taking like the most toxic non radioactive substance on the planet, which is mercury, and then yeah. you're then you're looking at a medical intervention that um, includes injecting mercury into infants, and then you're seeing a subsequent rise in neurological disorders, <laughs> and then you're wondering yeah. what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Like, I mean, that's not yeah. funny, but it's like, like okay, come on. No, I know. Like the um, dementia <laughs> as well, and uh, but for the one Alzheimer's, all that Parkinsonian stuff, that's okay now. I can be dragged back to that too, I think. Oh, <laughs> think well, can. then, like, you still have diseases that cause paralysis, only that they're now they just call them something else. Like polio yeah. was just renamed. That's all it was. Cause my yeah. my uncle died of MS. What happened is like right. they and then I and then I started learning about vaccines. So I started asking my mom like, so what? So you remember like? And then she remembers they went and got they saw the shit on TV with the polio, the the iron the kids in the iron lung. My grandmother freaked out. Mm-hmm. She went and took all the kids and got shots. Um, six months to a year later, my uncle's like in a fucking wheelchair, and they said he's got MS. He just got the polio shot, and then he's like crippled, and then he dies uh, yeah. a year after that or something like that. So he's got all the symptoms and all the outward appearance of polio. He just got the polio shot. He gets all the outward symptoms of polio, but they call, they don't call it polio. They call it something else, and then he dies. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. That was a really bad shot, that one, like the SV40. I mean, they admit to that being, like, cause, causing all sorts of things and everything as well. Yeah, well, yeah, they said it's a simian virus that causes cancer. Yeah, then you get the guy, what's his name, that came out on film admitting to it. But the thing about him is, like, he would be the guy who would have known. He would have been a guy who would be in the know. And then he's actually yeah. talking about, yeah, there's cancer viruses in the vaccines, and we knew it. Horrible, man. So he's on record as admitting to that. But yeah, still take your vaccines, everybody. Don't uh, don't question it. Yeah, yeah. Can't they say it? Is is there such a thing as cancer virus? I don't know, but that's what they're saying. That's what the guy said, mm-hmm. and he would have been in a position to know. And he's saying there's cancer viruses in the vaccine. What well, I mean, what else do you need to know than that? I mean. To tell you not to take a vaccine, like man, I'll take my chances yeah. with with the big bad big bad nature before yeah, I let some fucking mad like, scientist shoot it, something into my veins. Like the ultimate plausible deniability, really, isn't it? Like for stuff to oh, um, yeah. 
things that happen later that you would never equate with, like, infant... Uh, oh, it's perfect, yeah. It's like... You... Yeah, as long as you... Well, the amazing thing, too, it's yeah. like you can have practically people have immediate reactions to vaccines. I mean, virtually, like same day, like they go get their, and this is, there's so many accounts of this and people say, oh, that's anecdotal. Yeah. That doesn't count. It's like, no, I mean, like you have it just like that, that, that documentary vaxxed. That's mainly what they do is they just interview people that have vaccine damaged mm -hmm. children and they all have the same story. Oh, right. we went, got the vaccines the same day. They have the problems. Obviously, mm -hmm. night and day difference in behavior and everything the same day, and they'd still deny it. So yeah, certainly, like there's all this these ailments that are directly related to vaccines, and they just deny it. They just deny it. And now they've gotten to the point where it's like if you suggest that autism is caused by vaccines, they they've got they've got it mm -hmm. now. Or like yeah, you'll get shouted down if you're on a forum or something like that. And uh. So they got all these meme campaigns that like, oh yeah, you're a Neanderthal, uh, backward cave dwelling oh, moron if you think that uh, autism is caused by vaccines. Yes, every duty. I'm like, if we have to get include coronation street, what the hell's going on? It's just crazy. When I looked up that um, happening in that soap opera, it's like all the from the soap opera are like, yeah, it's so important in reality to get all, you're like, who the, f you know, <laughs> I'm sure if I was to give my opinion on it in any kind of forum, then like you're saying, you get shot down, but actors and stuff like that, they're allowed to say whatever they like, you know what I mean? Well, I suppose as long as it's get them and they're safe and they save millions of lives. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's what they start off with. It's like mm -hmm. the assumption that, oh, vaccines have saved so many lives. And that's what really what this is based yeah. on, that whole mythology of the vaccines have saved. They've saved so many countless lives over history that their effectiveness <laughs> is like not in, not to be questioned at all. That's really what it's based mm -hmm. on, too. It's like this this unfounded yeah. premise this myth that vaccines save lives but see i just gave you one example where like uh yeah my uncle gets the shot and then he's crippled like within months but will that mm -hmm. be attributed to getting the shot no absolutely not so he's like five and he's perfectly normal there's nothing wrong with him there's like he's just totally a normal child, normal kid. Run, plays, does whatever, doesn't have any noticeable uh, impair impediments, nothing. Gets the shot. He's in a freaking wheelchair within however long. He's in a wheelchair just out of it and then dies. And then he's got all the, everything that's related to polio, just got the polio shot, mm -hmm. and then he's like in a wheelchair. Oh, he's got MS. MS. That's not polio. It's like, okay. Okay. They could tell you anything. They could tell you anything. It's like, the, what are you yeah. going to believe? You're going to believe the doctor? Because the other option is, oh, I just had them murder my child, basically. That's that's the uncomfortable truth that 
then the mother is also yeah. confronted with, oh, I just had my child executed by by letting the TV scare me into taking my child down and having some lab coat freak murder my child. I, I really just did that. That's You can't. How can a mother deal with that, confront that reality head on? So it's either accept that reality or accept the lie that, oh, they have MS. It's like, no, they injected the thing into your child and killed your child with this shot. Your child was perfectly healthy, fine, and you went and had your child murdered is what really happened. Grandma, I'm sorry to say, but that's the fact of business. Mm -hmm. That's a fact of business. There's, like, no way around it. In my mind, I'm seeing the connection is just very crystal clear. Um, <laughs> that my grandmother killed my uncle, killed him because of her fear because she allowed. So, yeah, maybe a question is like, oh, Chris, why do you want to get on and rant and rave about this stuff every week? It's like, yeah, I don't want people to go have their children murdered by lab coats. I don't like that idea. Yeah. Um, That's one reason. Yeah. But the um, third leading yeah. cause of death is it? Well, the third leading cause, they're probably more. Third leading one. cause of death, yeah. according to peer-reviewed paper that's out there, and I've read yeah. that paper, and it's like it's pretty methodical. And then the and then the credentials of this woman, Barbara Starfield, that published this paper uh, yeah, like her credentials are beyond question if you if you're going to make an appeal to mm -hmm. an authority um so yeah that's to that's to present to people who are making appeals to authority it's like okay well here's an authority and their credentials are beyond like her public her publication record is like is like pretty impressive and then you could point that point direct somebody to that paper and then you factor in the fact that what she's basing these statistics on is uh reported instances and then she also points out too that yeah. like this is this is these these cases of doctors killing people are are, are drastically underreported. so if you take that into account yeah, then it's like Doctors and medical establishment is the number one killer. The number one killer. They've got to be. Yes. Like their uncle wouldn't have been reported as uh, one of their, you know what I mean? Not like a death of, what's it they call it? Iatrogenocide. Uh, it wouldn't have went down as that, would it? Because uh. it was MS, they said. Or remember I was... I told you like about um, my grand getting in the hospital for a whole year and uh, she passed away a couple of weeks ago. But she was never out. She wasn't uh, like, and like she was old, man. She was 88. But like that flu shot just after that, it was very obvious to me. Just like what you're saying about your uncle, it's pretty straightforward. It was pretty straightforward to me that um, that flu shot just finished my gran off. I'm mm -hmm. not even exaggerating with that. Yeah, they're fine. They go get the shot, and then it's all downhill after that, you know. 
And, and, and it's like that's, that's um, common reported among people. Very common, like on the internet and forums, and oh, I took my child, get the MMR. Same day they were um, were bedridden, uh, high fever, despondent, not able to function, and then from that point on they couldn't talk. So you have just, yeah, example after example after example of that. Um, yeah, and doctors are seeing this stuff, too. And I think, too, like they'll just go into deep denial about it and trick themselves into thinking that it's, like, not related. Because it's easy. that's easy enough to do when you have the whole establishment backing that idea up. And then you don't want to be actually take accountability for your own actions when you damage somebody's child for life. Because that's a horrible thought, too. It's like, wow, I just took this perfectly healthy child and damaged them for life. And owning up to that's hard. So you have this other option, just totally ignore reality because you got the system backing you up. One, two, check. Looks like, uh, well, three hours and 38 minutes. It's a pretty good call. Kalita, I think your connection is... Yes, dodgy. Is dodgy, yeah. Um, well, I think I'll call it a night. It looks like it's after midnight, so we're into the next day. Um, well, thanks for calling in, Kalita. Thank you. Nice speaking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, thanks, everybody else that's in the, in the uh, participant list. I was going to say chat. I almost misspoke and said chat. But it's the participant list. Um, yeah, I see a lot of people have came in and then exited out. Maybe I'm going over people's bedtimes. Mahatma Coach, cheers, Chris. All right, man. Take care. Well, yeah, and then... Um, what else? Yeah, check out hoaxbustersCall.co. There's some things there I didn't get around to, but uh, hopefully we can bring them up on the next installment, which will, uh, Lord willing, be around the same time on Monday. And uh, I'm going up against the, is it Super Bowl next next week? I'm going right up head-to-head against the Super Bowl. It's like no fear of, uh, yeah, any conflicts I'll just go right up I'll just go right up headed against Super Bowl I don't care no I don't know if Super Bowl's next Monday I have no clue don't they have it on Sunday I don't know I don't care about the Super Bowl I really don't I know it's a cultural phenomena and it's like um it's funny like how our 
culture is everything kind of sets set up according to like a oh uh well just an observation where you have like uh tax time and then you're encouraged to get your tax return in and uh i'm gonna mute kelly because uh getting feedback um Scoop doop do doop 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 Um You're encouraged to get your tax return in and then you can get your big screen TV in time for the game. And I and I heard that. I've heard people like going out and buying TVs for the express purpose of watching the Super Bowl. But until I started dumpster diving I didn't realize that because I would go dumpster diving and then like there would be like all these big screen TV boxes in the trash. I said, what is going on? Oh, yeah, it's the Super Bowl. Everybody buys a TV for the Super Bowl. But where do you get the money at? Oh, the government gives it to you through your tax return. So there's like this bread and circuses event that's coordinated and timed with like getting your being a dutiful slave and getting your tax return in so you can get your your tax return back in time to get your slave bobble so you can watch the bread circuses and it's like wow that's pretty crazy and then it's like you gotta wonder too it's like everybody dutifully rats themselves out on their taxes every year it's like pretty crazy because i what what prompted this is like i saw an ad and it was like for this tax preparation app or something i don't know and it was like everybody's dancing around like a like a spastic fiend and that's the commercial and it's like and then the song was everybody's a everybody's a tax man i don't know everybody's a tax man or what the lyrics were it was like <laughs> it was stupid but it was like it was funny because it was like just the absurdity of it and it's like and i guess the gist of it is oh we got you this software now or somebody cooked it up to where like oh it makes it so much easier to do your taxes so you're a tax preparer now which i pointed out too which is pretty pretty absurd where it's like so you have this occupation that you get assigned to which is tax preparer like a like a bean counter or a bookkeeper and you just accept it like it's totally normal oh yeah and then you submit this paper where you yeah you're ratting yourself out every year under penalty of some perceived penalty because people believe that oh if i don't fill this out right i'll get in trouble it's like how are they going to hold that against you when you're not a tax preparer and i've pointed this out before too where like i had some back tax returns i I just didn't file because i it just pissed me off like the whole concept of it um like taking their information and handing it back to them in a form. I was like, this is just so unbelievably stupid. Well, too, I did the short form. I didn't have dependents or whatever, so I so it was just kind of it was just me taking stuff off a of W two and re putting it on a form and sending it to them. It was like this is stupid, stupid, stupid. Stop it. Stop telling me to do this. And then I for for like five years I refused to do it because it was so stupid. And then my brother talked me into doing it, and I said, yeah, I better should do it. And then I got tired of doing them because I had a stack of them to do. So I started just putting just shit in there, and I didn't care. And then I sent them off, and then I I, I kind of got warned, like, oh, yeah, you should 
be careful and do them right. And I was like, I'm not a tax preparer. Like, how do they? How are they going to legally put um, require me to be a tax uh, expert? I don't know anything about any of this crap. And then they sent me back my returns, and they said, oh, we made this, this, that, and correction, and then um, turns out that you owe us 500 bucks, and then we're take, we're keeping your return or whatever. It's like, okay, whatever, shut up. I don't want to hear about it. And then did anything happen to me? No. But uh, looks like I got a caller in. I guess I could take a caller in, or uh, I was going to end the call, but check one, two. I guess I could take a caller in, or... Well, I'm getting that call. Uh, I was going to end the call, but check I guess I can take a call around. Hello? Uh, I was going to end the call, but check I guess I can take a call around. Mind space art. Oh, yeah. I just muted you because there's like a, a feedback loop coming. I don't know if your speakers are on feeding into your mic. Uh, You'll have to remedy that let's see I'll bring you back on um, so yeah you got the Super Bowl go get your tax return and then you can get your big screen TV for the big game and uh, it just seems like another to me it's apophenia I guess I'm seeing patterns where they don't but it looks like a coordinated little setup there or it's like this incentive. And then that way you can be, re it doesn't sound authoritarian where you have the government like, oh, it's tax time, don't forget, citizen. No, it's like, oh, remember it's the Super Bowl. Uh, get get the tax return in so you can get the TV for the big game. And then it's like the government doesn't even have to do it. It's like the, all these merchants can do it because they're incentivized to remind the slaves to get their tax returns so they can buy their merchandise. It's freaking genius. I mean, like, you look at stuff in the system, and it's like, wow, that's pretty freaking genius. I mean, you can get mad, and you can get discouraged, and you can get, but you can't deny the genius. You just can't deny the genius. Like, it's like, wow, that's freaking genius. One, two, check. Mind space art. Mind space art. Echo, echo. No, I don't hear any echo. Hello? Oh, now it's perfect. Okay, cool. Can, can, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I was getting uh, feedback. That's why uh, I was like... Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Check one, two. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> how, how you doing? Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you took my call because I, I just got in. I've been out all night. Um, Let me guess, you're, you're profligate, profligate spending your tax return. But yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know what else. You're just going wild. You got your tax return back and you're just, you're just. I, I don't know what, um, what's going on with the uh, audio because I can't, I, yeah. I can hear you good. I mean, can you hear me okay? Okay. It, it, it like lags when I talked about it, but I just want to say really quick. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you okay. Just it's for some reason it's like lagging on my end when I like talk through it. Oh yeah, it's probably like a delay. <laughs> Latency. But no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? 
Yeah, I guess it is a delay. Well, I was just going to say, like, I just recently basically um, got involved in that same situation because I've been doing taxes online for the past, like, probably four years or so. It's, um, you know, I'm I'm a young person. I'm, like, 24 years old, so I've been doing this for a while, I guess, as it has been, um, but they kind of, like, put that stuff out for you and they just like tell you to do it that way so it's pretty annoying um because you kind of can't escape it so they tell you to to put it through like the um online submission forms Yeah, like, it's kind of just a normalized thing nowadays. I mean, I wouldn't know necessarily how to do my taxes through using paper. Um, But, you know, again, I mean, you got to get a little bit of context for this because I've basically been, you know, pushed through the uh, system, system 3 or 4.0, whatever the fuck it is now, to where, you know, they've retarded us so much that it's like, you know, you just kind of scramble to get things done. Um, So you do tax preparations for the general public? Like you work at a tax prepper's office or something? You hear me? Uh Uh-huh. What are you hearing, uh... No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I I joined the call late. I'm just talking about just doing taxes generally. Oh, like your own taxes and stuff. Do you use. Like if you're just a working class guy, like doing like W-2s and all that shit. Yeah. So that's like. Maybe you were talking about something more in depth before I called. No, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about like as an individual that's you know you're required so supposedly you're required you're required to file which means like you're you're required to um take on the role of tax preparer like with some sort of like implied mandate and it's like and then some like myself i came to the realization it's like no how do they mandate you become a tax preparer they can't they really can't technically do it which they don't but it's the implication there is that there'd be a penalty for not filing and that's why they call it volunteering you you're it's a volunteer taxing so you actually you voluntarily s- submit your return because people have pointed out that like oh anything that can be used against you is a violation of your fifth amendment which that technically would be but since the government calls it voluntary then it's got this um it's got this kind of uh really convoluted uh air legitimacy that it doesn't deserve but people have been tricked into thinking that uh oh it's totally normal to have this would you yeah. think that it would be better for people not to you know put forth their tax information and do these kinds of things well, the I mean, we're we have this incentive to do it, right? Because if we don't, then we don't get our return, 
in a timely fashion or not at all you know so they have the so they have you jumping through these hoops in order for you to get your tax return but if like you're in a situation where they're not going to give you a tax return which which I had like student loan debt so they were like keeping my tax return to pay off student loan debt and so I wouldn't get a tax return anyway so I would just say well why even should I bother filing it doesn't make any sense you know because I don't gain anything from it so that so I would just not file not yeah it's bother. just some it's kind of a staple that you're that we're all living with that kind of legitimizes once again the whole system of you know taking taxes to begin with but also it kind of just keeps the whole state in your mind doesn't it well yeah I've pointed that out before too it's like taxes aren't there's no necessity in our modern day to pay taxes when you think about it because like even government employees like sometimes will pay taxes and it's like well what are they doing they're giving you a a salary and then they're taking part of it back it doesn't make any sense like all the ac extra paperwork and shit caught as a cost as an expense so it's just this totally a um irrational extra expenditure of effort and paper just to take money to hand it to you and then pull it right back it doesn't make any sense well it's there's got to be for another reason it's it's, for it's a ritual though it's something that you know keeps some sort of le normalcy or legitimacy mm -hmm. yeah that's what I, that's what my thoughts on are i call it a compliance ritual like we have a a bunch of these in our culture and it's to to, to yeah to reinforce this this imaginary relationship that we have with this imaginary being called government which is just an abstraction it's not a real thing that's what taxes are about like they right. print the money just, the money comes out of nothing to me that there's such a massive machinery that goes into this and we have no We have no recourse to actually having an in-depth conversation with anybody who's going to get, be able to give us a coherent answer. We just have this kind of nebulous entity that is above us, like, you know, the overlords in uh, a whatever that guy's novels are. Uh, you're talking about H.P. Lovecraft or something? Like, like... Doesn't it, aren't his novels about like some giant space creatures? One of these uh, sci-fi writers, you know, like Childhood's End. As a Asimov, I haven't read that. I had that book, and I don't know what I did with it. But yeah, I'm sort of familiar with it. Where they have like a scenario of uh, the aliens come to the planet, and they look just like demons. And then their whole thing. Arthur C. Clarke. That's Arthur C. Clarke, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like we're growing up with this. And also, you know, there's, I mean, as far as, like, the research that I've done um, having to do with, like, trauma and things like this, you know, getting into, like, the deep embedded aspects of the psyche I think that, you know, having these kinds of rituals, having these little reminders here and there, um, but plus kind of couched in the rest of what we endure in this culture, 
Um, it's just another kind of, you know, pin or nail in the coffin that kind of solidifies people into what seems like a legitimate ideological system that will bring us forth into the future, but it's um, just kind of duct tape and I guess whatever they can come up to uh, with to keep us subdued and so on. Oh, yeah, it's like... Um... It reminds me, because I was going to bring this up, uh, a listener, um, I put a link to their YouTube channel, and they have uh, like a bit, bit shoot channel as well, but uh, they, they, I was listening to uh, a talk they were on, and they were going into uh, the Frankfurt School and cybernetics. And uh, I, I'm sort of familiar with cybernetics, but I, I, I didn't know, I didn't realize the connection between the Frankfurt School, which would be interesting because uh, from, from what I understand, like cybernetics is just a system. It's like like it could it could be dealing with human uh, behavior and interactions, and it's also related to like machine machine behavior and inter, inter, interactions and like um, like uh, using like feedback loops. But if you look at the stuff that's going on now with this inter- SJW intersectionalism and stuff like that, it's like it, it's just like it, it, you can boil a lot of it down to like these condition responses. Like people have this aversion to being perceived as racist, and and none of this has really anything much to do with like protecting races or anything like that. Not at all. It has more to do with controlling people's behavior. But doing it from a position that um, where, where it's it's going to have this appearance of this sort of no, noble cause of like protecting feelings or whatever, but then it's really about it's really has more to do with mind control and thought control and cybernetics, right? And, like, yeah. and it seems like they're able to create a mental constriction model based of you based off using these techniques. And that they've found many different ways to basically um, subdue the natural in- impulses towards a more freedom-based mindset or capability to kind of be dynamic in the face of, um, you know, stimuli. I mean, these guys have it down to a st- science. That's why I find the study of trauma to be so fascinating because I do think that that's really where they put most of their efforts um, into understanding the human psyche and how they could basically create kind of interconnected webs that they could wrap the mind in um, so that there was multiple layers of programming so that, you know, for any individual trying to get out of that kind of, um, you know, constricted mindset, they would always have to refer to something within the system that they had created. So, you know, I think that we are dealing with very sophisticated mind scientists and we shouldn't underestimate the degree of in-depth study and um you know resources that they've had at their expenditure for a long time oh yeah definitely yeah that's uh oh that's what we're dealing with it's just yeah it's like advanced psychology just techniques manipulation it's like the most advanced science on the planet is like manipulation and control over human minds which totally makes sense when you think about it it's like yeah what would be the most honed science 
it's like yeah how to get how to get people to do what you want them to do to keep keep uh so-called societies and cultures in check and keep them within certain boundaries so they can be managed people can be isn't it strange though how we're kind of constricting ourselves because like when any one of us individually goes out there into the world we may or may not be fully ourselves you know it's like you could say something that kind of helps to snap somebody into the moment a little bit better but you know i guess there is an aspect where we all want to protect ourselves oh yeah yeah you have this um Yeah, like the so the stuff that Carl Jung talks about, the ego, the id, the ego. Somebody was going off on something wrong or in the sub same same vein, same subject, uh, talking about how, uh, yeah, the uh, something to do with the inflation of the id or the ego, and how that how that has been used probably more than anything to steer the public and to manipulate the public. And, uh, so they, so they kind of went into some detail, but it was, uh, I, I forget a lot of specifics, but it was still interesting how, uh, yeah, that's, uh, de <clears throat> definitely been promoted. No, it, it makes a society. lot of sense. Like social media definitely kind of creates that kind of feedback loop. Oh yeah, I like they want to trap yeah. us in our own psyches so that we can't really see what's outside and from other people. Right, yeah, you can kind of uh have people kind of divvied up into little little sort of artificial tribes and then they could uh be sort of fixated on this uh identity that they've created for themselves that gives themselves like some sense of purpose and then within that context like yeah they could they could just adopt certain presuppositions that never go challenged and then you know you have your own kind of it's like a it's almost like a s situation where what's being set up is just like cults within cults like a like a like a loosely banded together system of individualized. <laughs> yeah, cults. that's a good way to think about. It. Yeah, and then you have the like the some of the umbrella cults, which would like the 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 powdered wig man cult of the state of the United States of America would be a cult, you know. Um, and then like yeah, w you could see the same patterns within uh cult dynamics social dynamics and stuff how cults operate and it's like wow yeah they op the cult of scientism operates under the you know the cult of the status system that we're currently under and then there there's just a synergistic relationship the symbiotic relationship between the two and they sort of like uh and they're both abstractions they're both just metal mental constructs but they both are, work together synergistically cooperatively symbiotically you know like they 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 exist like one can't exist without the other they're sort of like they're like uh 
It's amazing to me that so many people got inducted into all this. I mean, I was thinking about this today. Like, how in God's name did they really subjugate so many millions of people under one monetary system? Because, of course, it subsumes your individuality. And we were uh, born into that captivity, in a sense. It takes so many uh, years and um, so much information just to kind of, like, learn your way out of it and to see the ways in which, you know, the mind has been altered within that, within that cult, within a cult. Yeah. So the cult, that's another one. Yeah. The monetary system is like a more, is even broader cult that, 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 uh, encompasses like different nations and people groups around the world. And then, yeah, under that umbrella, there's other, subgroups of that but they're all they but but you see the commonality between them all and they all operate pretty much fundamentally the same under the money system you don't have too much deviation between what goes on and uh they say the westernized world i don't know if there's a better term for it but what yeah but any society or system that's like largely centered around money they're all going to operate primarily the same. I mean, these systems seem to basically be cultures in terms of like a Petri dish that have been taken over by psychopathic parasites. I mean, am I wrong in that? (laughs) No, that's, I don't know. I see that. Yeah. Well, you could look at the Soviet union as one, or North Korea is one, like a petri dish, where things like it's a hive mind that is steered by psychopathology. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Well, then you're seeing it kind of being uh, homogenized worldwide, where it's like everything is sort of like becoming more. Like if you take milk and you run it through the homogenation process and you look at it under, under a microscope, like if you take natural raw milk, it's like you see all these globules of fat and they're all different. They all have different sizes and they're approximately the same size, but you see it's a different kind of construct altogether. But you look at homogenized milk and it's all uniform little globules, all the same size and the same consistency. And it's like, yeah, that's how you make. A Are you thinking that like pasteurized product. milk is basically, you know, creating um, things like lactose intolerance? Well, I was just pointing out as an analogy, like homogenization, like like you see that. But like, what does it do in the case of milk? Just as an analogy, it, like it it denatures it and it neutralizes the the nutrient benefits of it, but it makes it a like a a. a universally consistent product but at the same time it may it causes illness and the same thing like with society it's like you see society become more and more homogenous more and more the same across the board and that too results in a form of yeah pathology illness mental illness uh loss of identity loss of purpose people like having to yeah it's like we're living in this thing that doesn't make any sense its only directive is like 
to make more money or something like that. I mean, it's such a vague goal for the future, but yeah, people are becoming mentally sick. People are becoming physically sick. And, um, you know, the science is showing at this point, at least what I've looked at is that, you know, as people are into these mental binds more and more, the physiology cannot respond in the appropriate way. And so we're just degrading as a people, you know, kind of more erring on the side of just death instead of sort of um, going into that creative impulse and becoming better, becoming more energetic and playful, you know, we're losing that. Oh, yeah, it's it's discouraged. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like people are becoming more stultified, rigid, regimented, um, dogmatic. Like, so you go through this era of uh, coming out of what, what, what a lot of people sort of adhering to religious beliefs, um, objective standards of morality, like biblical ideas of morality would, you know, characterize an average person, you know, 50 years ago or what have you, 100 years ago. And then you go to the modern day where that seemingly has been mostly abandoned, like the ideas of God and coming from a creator and all that, where people have largely abandoned that idea. But at the same time, going into this phase where, like, you got people, like, pushing these dogmas onto other people, like, in, but then it's framed within this, like, um, feminist ideas and then trying to shame people for behavior. But it's not – it's sort of this, like, new morality, this new – and then also you have uh, being brought into this kind of, like, uh, writing on the coattails of it is, is like animal rights ideas. So you have like this kind of uh, morality centered around identities, like a violation of uh, of somebody's identity based on, you know, being a, a minority, having a minority status or something like that. And then like, yeah, writing, writing on the coattails of that, this whole animal yeah, rights Yeah, it's like thing. as we become less of capable in our social being we're also becoming more equated morally with animals and it's becoming more justified to treat people like animals um but through the social engineering like people's a uh, normal human impulses have been degraded to such a point that you know that is an easy um hand to play so to speak like you know, you'll see things, I think, like, there's a, um, there's, like, a sweatshirt company that makes prints that's, like, the anti-social social club, and it basically is kind of, like, putting across that uh, idea, and that's very popular with young people, you know, and so I think people are actually, you know, kind of jumping into that, quote-unquote, anti-social bandwagon, because of the degradation of society and the attack that has been uh, leveled against norm normalcy or morality of what you're talking about. And, you know, as we enter into this stage of chaos so that they can kind of clean up and uh, bring us to further ruination, 
you know, they, they want people kind of in that mindset where they'll be willing to accept anything because they've already thrown out what was uh, before, you know, co- social cohesion. All right. Yeah. That's well said. Yeah. Um, I'll look up anti-social social club. See what they, yeah. I guess that's a marketing thing because they, they say everything is sold out. It's all sold out, man. We don't, can't keep these things. Just yeah, really popular with the uh, Chinese students. Oh, really? Maybe where I live. I live on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, what, how did you get to listening to uh, Hoaxbusters? There's a lot of basically, you know, proto-communist institutions out here. Oh, so Hoaxbusters is popular. Um, well, I basically had been listening to Jay Dyer for a long time, a few years ago. Oh, okay. How did you find out about Jay? And I found you and I found, um, you know, the stuff you've done with him and like John Adams and... It was just all really good content, really kind of vibed with what I was thinking. But, you know, I'm kind of maybe um, not an expected listener to this because I grew up, you know, in Massachusetts, ultra liberal, and then got inducted into the brainwash system, went the full way in college and just went through the fucking process of actually realizing real shit about the world and so it's been a kind of a wild ride since then but i find your show you know very elucidating and it's very comforting uh in a sense because where i live is just fucking total insanity clown world purple hair everybody you know everybody's trans les whatever the fuck um and you know can't really talk to too many people out here so you know it's good to hear that somebody's putting the message out this is a massachusetts area you saying Eastern New England? Yeah, this is uh, Am- Amherst, Amherst, Massachusetts. There's like multiple colleges in the area. There's like a state institution which is very popular, which is like super progressive or whatever the hell you call it, just super into the agenda. And then there's like you know, place called Smith College, place called Amherst College, and those are the more elite institutions. Um, I mean, at least you have to spend a little bit more to get in there, and you'll go to a nicer corporation when you get out of those schools, but they will export all of the toxic ideology, and so it's kind of a nice little cesspool that I get to witness and uh, just try to remain sane within. So you get into many discussions with people or you just kind of like try to avoid it? I will talk to people um, to the degree that I feel like they are prepared to hear what I have to say. Yeah. It doesn't really reach, I would say many people but you know it's like here and there where i talk you know it's like i I wind up being a very controversial figure i feel like many people do um they like me as an individual so the things that i put across they can kind of see where i'm coming from but i definitely do detect um that there are barriers 
within people's minds where they're just really not ready to go to certain places. And it can be very, it can be like jokes, you know, and people aren't really um, primed to go into those areas or they don't feel prepared to. And, you know, I have found um, that it's possible to get tapped by the PC police. So that's the thing now. Oh, so they'll recruit you to uh, help out with their uh, policing efforts? Yeah, I just read an article about that. Uh, some university, yeah, they were, like, hiring people. They were, like, on a paid staff, and they well, were to go around, like, listening yeah. to conversations and making sure that their conversations were PC. So you got you need it, dude. If you're gonna do any PC, yeah. Policing, well, I mean, a number paid, of people dude. that I've seen here, I uh, didn't expect to have to be careful in Oops. you know just my common parlance, but I kind of had a rude awakening into adulthood that there are some people, um, especially who live in this area, who are pretty hardcore about the establishment's beliefs mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it's they get uh, very defensive if you don't take those things seriously. Mm, wow, yeah, yeah, you get really you get them really upset and wound up, huh? Like, uh, yeah, it's like some serious heavy duty brainwashing, and that's uh, yeah, that's why it kind of prompts me to like want to look into uh, yeah Frankfurt School and cybernetics see how involved they are in cybernetics because I know the cybernetics is something that keeps popping back up and and I guess it can be summarized as like yeah how do you make people into robots and then you have cybernetics and this is all going on through the like throughout the 50s even pre and then yeah then you have the modern and the okay like here we go with uh you know, talking about what we're talking about with the people identifying as like, yeah, this intersectionalist politics, identity politics and all that. And then there's like this whole meme out on the internet where people have pointed this out, like the NPC, if you've seen that, of course you've seen that, like, uh, which is referencing a a non-player character. Like if you're in a video game and there's a non-player character and it's just a character that's running on so-called AI that's sort of on autopilot, Let's say, like, the people out there in our society and our culture are like that. And so the comparison has been been pointed out. Like, yeah, these people that are just putting out these talking points, these PC talking points, and not really able to 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 process them, you know, or, or, or give a coherent argument. They just kind of regurgitate this stuff. And it's like, yeah, they're just on autopilot. Like an automaton, you know? An NPC. Yeah, um, I could read a little bit of a, of a book that I've been reading that might um, have some elucidative qualities to it. I don't know if you'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah, is it long? All right, go ahead. Well, I just, uh, I'm just picking out a random passage, but um, 
Let's see. When a traumatic event laden with many intense cues occurs, such as an automobile accident, most of these cues are immediately stored for future reference and procedural memory. If the trauma was associated with helplessness, subsequent exposure to these environmental cues will elicit fear, along with the autonomic and sensory motor responses that we have learned to associate with fear. Thus, a first a person's first car ride after a motor vehicle accident may provoke spasm and pain in the neck muscles that were reflexively braced for self-protection in the accident. And um, now this author, whose name is Robert Skayer, S-C-A-E-R, has talked extensively about societal trauma. He's talked about trauma that has you know, been put forth through the media. He's talked about how 9-11 was basically a mass trauma. Um, He doesn't say ritual, but he goes up to that precipice. And this guy basically studied uh, neurophysiology in relation to um, things like motor vehicle accidents and, um, you know, other uh, traumatic events. So I think that he's kind of explaining really how this all is taking place today. It's much easier now to induct people into these conditioned responses because there's so much that has um, been in the outer portico up to this point already. You have 9-11, you have you know, JFK before that, you have today really just like i don't even know the over sexualization and the saturation and the uh entertainment media of things which are highly confusing to people who are um, developing and their mental aspects and so forth and those are all being targeted at younger and younger people so i think that they're really focused on trying to equate things like pleasure Um, with violence and they would like to kind of cross these paths in the human psyche because they want to you know have the um, most potent kind of um, fear and confusion responses possible so I just thought I would mention that aspect of it too and I, I think doctors like this guy who I'm reading about they're they're in on the know but they just they they're not mainstream they can't really talk about this kind of stuff and uh, nobody really, you know, is letting it be interjected into that into the mainstream conversation. Yeah, I guess what you're referring to is like trauma-based mind control, right? Have you ever heard of uh, Lennon Honor? He did a, like a whole series about 9-11 and uh, trauma-based mind control. That's how he said it's 9-11 is best understood as a as an induction into trauma-based mind control, like mat on a mass scale. And like the, the, I think the no planes thing is important to understand. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of that guy. I've just, oh, yeah, come yeah, you can. to this research on my own and I'm sure I'm late to the game. Yeah. He's a good, he's, he's got some good material to check out. Lennon honor, uh, uh, I was trying to remember how I was uh, putting him in the notes. I'm trying to uh, – he spelt his last name, H-O-N-O-R, same as – but 
Right, yeah, so you have... But uh, the, the important other side of it, though, is that the sciences that are kept out of the mainstream view are also how to un, uh, untraumatize people. And that is a science now that is also understood. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is, like, uh, yeah, how to undo it or... I think that's what these calls and audios are about is like how to get out from under a lot of it. I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of exposing it and kind of trying to get a understanding of it and how it works and that, and that diffuses it. At least it does for me. I don't know. Maybe some people it makes it just disturbing content. And I guess I can understand that if somebody's like not willing to kind of confront this stuff directly. Yeah, I think it's very cathartic. I think it I mean, is. At yeah. least if you can name it, then like you're getting a little bit further outside of that mind control or whatever. Right, and then you understand that it's a science, and then and then that uh, is with you know where where you're going to be exposed to something on television or in the media, and if you go into it with the understanding that it's it's expressly designed to to induce trauma. I mean, for me, it doesn't have the effect. It doesn't have like when I saw this stuff with like people being rolled out in boxes with the and with the dudes with the mask on and the stuff, saying there's outbreak in China. I I had the le I could tell you with all honesty, I had the least bit even the shred or inkling of fear. I had none. People of that. are losing their minds over this stuff. I know it's freaking people out, and then it's like to me, it was like. Ugh. I was laughing. I was getting a kick out of it, not because I think that people being terrified is funny, but it's like the shit they're putting out there to scare people is just stupid. No, but it it will get people to have those responses. It was like my girlfriend and I we were watching this Netflix show that's called Cold Case Files, and I'm watching this show, you know, and it's like. I can't help but laugh at the whole show because I see how produced minutely down to the details it is, and it's just fear porn. But oh, yeah. it's like she couldn't understand why I was laughing because I feel like she does actually believe that this stuff is real. And meanwhile, it's like it's just to manipulate people's minds through this kind of um, new kind of fear-based entertainment. Oh yeah, yeah. I I've seen. I I know what you're talking about. I've, I've seen that stuff before. Yeah, and they say too, like a lot of people are really uh, caught up in those crime, like real crime dramas and stuff. A lot, a lot of people. It's really popular content on TV and stuff. I do think that it's related to people are already in a state where their bodies have not released a lot of energy from prior, you know, fucked up experiences that they've, that they've had in life. And actually shows like that, they're activating the amygdala, they're activating the fear centers in the brain, and they're awakening a lot of that energy that people subdue throughout their lives in this complex environment in which they kind of are trained to dissociate from themselves anyway. Um, so it's a synthetic way to have a real experience, but people don't necessarily know what the source of that is. Oh, right, yeah. Well, then uh, something we've also talked about too pretty extensively is uh, how 
the television itself, like um, it's like kind of reminiscent of that Marshall McLuhan quote: "The media, the medium is the message." Well, you look at television and how like uh, it's gone from so many lines per resolution to now, where it's just like f- f- uh, 4K, which is like the many orders of magnitude more resolution of information that your brain is going to have to process and then how that's more immersive just as a technology and like now when you're taking in content you're taking in and they make sure too like your phone has this they call like the retina display which is like from what I understand from a technical standpoint is like a retina display is like the pixels are so small that your eye can't even differentiate them where previously your eye could differ if you look close enough at a monitor or, a, or on your phone or on your screen you could differentiate the pixels now you can't they're so small but like so why is that so important that they get that in everybody's hands well i, I think from a, a standpoint of being it just simply has to be more immersive immersive meaning it has to in order to experience a show or a program or a video or something like that just the fact just the fact that your your mind has to process that much more information is going to make it more effective like no matter what what's being put through it because i think it's neutral as far as a medium you know it's like it could it could put something very positive out there for you to, to look at and then have a very positive result. Like it could be something uplifting or positive. And then the fact that it's being done through this high resolution medium even makes it more effective. But the same, the, the inverse is true too, or it's like in order to infuse something into your mind and make it stick, it, it helps. I don't think it's, I don't look at this stuff as like the end all either. Like, like you could, once you're aware of what's going on too, it doesn't matter how high res the TV is going to be. Like you could be watching it and you see the, you see the guy being wheeled out in a box and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so stupid. Cause you're already, you have the, you, you've opened yourself up to the possibility that you're being swindled. And then when you come to that full understanding, you watch it. But if you're not aware and, the the fact that the TV yeah your brain has yeah. this innate defense where it kind of is able to put that barrier up yeah because I because I hear the way some people talk and they talk about subliminal embeds and they talk about this stuff which I believe that if it's taken in co- combination with the fact too that people are unaware of what's being done to them and unaware of what's going on then it has the impact then it has the punch but once you're aware of what's going on I don't care how many in they can throw subliminals. They can throw all kinds of stuff in there. It's not going to impact you the same way. Um, that, I believe that too. I don't because I, I think there's this like kind of notion that out there that oh, this high tech stuff is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna be tantamount to like actually controlling people's minds. It's like no, it's it's manipulative, and it's in, it influences people, but it doesn't control. It doesn't literally control your mind I don't think it works that way at least that's my view on it it's, it doesn't you're not going to watch yeah, a commercial it's more of a nudge yeah. type of system right now right yeah 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 it's it's more power of suggest and it's very powerful don't get me wrong I'm not trying to downplay the the impact it has on people's lives I'm just saying that 
I, I'm just saying that it's it, it's not this. Uh, well, it's portrayed like that in fiction, where it's like they'll they'll show you something, and it's like, uh, or one recent example that's a pretty good example was like in the Kingsman movie. I don't know if you've seen that one. But the villain has this like uh, mind control weapon, and he's putting it through the cell tower. I've never seen that. And it makes every yeah, it makes everybody go crazy and act out violently. And uh, that that's shown in that film, which I do believe that that technology does exist. But on the other hand, the way they depicted in that film. Like, if that technology was going to be employed through the cell phone towers, would it play out that way? It's like, no, I don't believe that at all. I believe that it it, it would have some demonstrable effect. But to that degree, no, I don't believe that. Because there would be just so much. There's too many. Vari- when you're talking about, like, a, a, a population of people, there's so many different variables at play like to have some like signal and then everybody goes crazy at the same time it's like no i don't believe that and two i believe there's technologies out there there's like probably even maybe even something viruses or something like that 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 i believe could potentially wipe out a bunch of people i don't i don't have any proof of this i don't know i just i just conjecture that that's true that's that's but i but i think like to actually do that like say to actually let's let's say the the, there is like a some sort of uh what is it order 66 or whatever let's initiate order 66 let's put this let's release this virus and kill uh 80 percent of the population now if that were to be done then that's like whoever's the remainder that survives and lives through that there would come out on the other end of that so much more difficult to control because then what would happen and which would which would necessitate it would necessitate whoever come out on the other end of that surviving to to be so apprehensive about centralized control and they they would be completely different people and much harder to control you see what i mean like it would open it's like crashing the economy like they did in uh south america and then at the same time it it seems like that population is already being cultivated today just because there's already so much information out there you know they've already kind of allowed it to get to such a point where there are certain uh, people who are able to have their minds more honed in this direction, and that's going to increase generally, generationally as well. You know, they've got all these people who are zombies, et cetera, and that'll go down one road, but um, there's this other unanticipated route, or maybe they just know and they don't care. Well, yeah, I think uh, there's... Yeah, I think there's complications that would arise if you're going to, like, uh, yeah, if you wanted to crash the economy, for instance. Like, I think the there was, like, a, 
Well, well, if you want to take an example like the 2008 so-called crash, yeah, a lot of people lost a lot of money. A lot of people lost their savings, their their investments, and all that. Um, was it a widespread catastrophic meltdown? N yes and no, but not really. No, it didn't really like cause people to, you know, corpses piling up in the street or anything like that. That's it didn't result in that. It 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 garnered mistrust in the system, I think, from a lot of people, but not to the degree where like where people like are are seeking radical alternatives. So you have this controlled crash. You have this very, these controlled events, these very limited events that have lim very limited scope. No, but it also seems like people are just are expecting much less for the future. I mean, I remember you right. talking recently um, with the guy who was talking about, you know, doing the f living, like, with your car or whatever the hell. Oh, yeah, the van, hashtag van life. Yeah, like a uh, doctor cluster, uh, cluster, foster cluck. Yeah, like I don't necessarily see that as like this optimal lifestyle, but that's kind of like what they prime us with. Yeah, like, um, so yeah, it's like it's this lowering of expectations, right? Yeah. Tiny houses, like people have accepted the idea of like, uh, oh, live in a so-called tiny house. And then, like, popularizing it and making it cool so that it makes it desirable and makes it, like, hip. People would rather be content with a tiny house than to learn about what actually makes all this shit work. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh... Well, you have this kind of multi-tiered system, too, where it's, like, you have, like tiny house movement oh yeah ain't it cool and then you have like so much stuff there on the internet too that's centered around like uh oh tony robbins and motive and i think that's kind of starting to be phased out but then on the other hand too it's like man that is all over the internet like you can't escape it it's like how to get rich we're gonna tell you how seven simple steps order now and you'll get the first, you can start downloading content right away. We're going to get you. Right, like it's like people who are still clinging to the idea that they're going to make it in this system when at this point yeah. we know that this is a fabricated situation. The money can fluctuate. Like I, I don't see how people think that they have any power in this. I don't see how they think that they're going to set up their children multi-generationally to have assets and so forth through the monetary system i think it's naive but maybe i'm thinking too meta even uh it's like um it it's not an impossibility i'm not saying that but on the other hand too it's it's uh it's not something that is uh, as accessible as it maybe was before but then, then again, too, it's like, yeah, if you fall into the right gig or something like that, you can do well. But it's like, 
it's almost to the like the, the the economy and the way it is now. It's almost like it's it's like a casino economy. It's like can you make good? Yeah, you can, but it's almost like it, it's almost like your same odds of you going to a casino and winning a jackpot. Yeah, you can win a jackpot. Yeah, you can make good, but are the odds in your favor? No, not really. And you also know that if you win, there's 20 other people who are getting screwed. Well, yeah, kind of like how that's because I've because I've looked back in my past and I and I've and I've seen like missed opportunities or things that I've could have gotten into and didn't and think, man, I would have made out really good if I would have got in on that. But I didn't. And oh, well, and other people did and they got in on it and they made good. And it's like, OK, so it's possible if you've get that right ticket well there's certain know. things that are just being floated out there like for instance out here like there's the weed industry and it's like you can join into that but at the same time like there's also a moral aspect to it it's like if you see where things are progressing to where the plans are going you know the relation between the marijuana and the soma and all this shit mm -hmm. it's like do i really want to get into that you know so you have to you know, if you ask those deeper questions, you might miss those uh, opportunities as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's things that people can get into, and uh, yeah, especially you know, like somebody younger, and then they're like trying to figure out what to do. Um, uh, yeah, I would say like uh, if I was going to give anybody advice, like yourself, it's like try to try to think just try to get your mind framed in with much more long-term thinking as far as like financing financial stuff and then like because uh, i wish i would have adopted this mentality earlier it's like yeah try try to get because with the i think the internet facilitates this but it's like there's no overnight success thing it's kind of like a it's like a long-term multi-year strategy like where you're just kind of like trying to get little multiple independent uh, income streams that are kind of like that that sort of run themselves you know uh stuff like that where like if you get enough little independent income streams like you could do pretty good and then you're just kind of like you're just kind of like maintaining those things you know and it's that's not too difficult or too unrealistic you know yeah but um, yeah, it just takes it just takes I think more than anything. I mean, I, I guess you know. I mean, I try to uh, keep some degree of hope about the future with all that. But I don't know, man. I mean, from from the start of my young adulthood, I've been pretty down about the whole thing. I mean, I I mull over this stuff a lot, and uh, I know that you know people can be entrepreneurs and all this stuff. I have plenty of ideas myself, but and I just see so much shit. I mean, I want to at least try to affect things for the better, even if it's going right. to, you know, be intertwined with the economic aspect of things. But, you know, I also can see it from the perspective of like being older, you know, at some point you might just shed some of the dreams of, uh, 
getting <laughs> getting everybody on board with doing something a little bit more sensible. Oh, like some movement or something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. It's like, yeah, well, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see that as happening. Like, I, yeah, it's going to be more, um, I guess what's the word be like damage control, which is great. I think is great, which is like, yeah, you, you can learn about stuff and take advantage of, of, of stuff in our system and like set aside other ideas that are just nonsense, you know, like just, just, just the whole idea of like, yeah, being a success or whatever that means or, or devoting so much time to trying to make money or, or secure some kind of future thing. I think like if you, there's, yeah, there's always a balance, like setting your site. I think setting your expectations in your sites lower is, is a good thing if if you're gonna like say for instance um yeah adopt the the tiny house philosophy or whatever but with the idea that like okay i want to secure a future i want to have something or something to leave to my children that is um doable like if it means a tiny house or whatever because like if you have a plot of land or have it somewhere and you have like some kind of idea that oh this can be secure for x amount of years I think that's a great thing, but it may take, okay, I want to set my expectations lower. It may, may not be a prime piece of land. It may be a tiny house or whatever that like, oh, say, so my son or my daughter uh, inherits that. They want to turn it into a bigger house later. They can. It's something there. There's something to work with, something to, you know, pivot off of or whatever. And then it's like, um, yeah, like uh, maybe setting your sights lower, but but then maybe it's it's you don't look at it that way you're looking at it's like you just have these realistic goals that are attainable well i'm also thinking about the fact that like i came out of school with like a shit ton of debt and you know not something that's really like sustainable for what i went to school for in the first place because it was kind of just like go 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 you know so in a sense it's like you know I don't know. I feel in a in a way that I'm just have been set up, and also my peers have been set up to, you know, not have that high of expectations for the future. But I'm, I also feel like that is the beginning of the impetus for something different because it's like, you know, there has to be some action on that or some uh, land, uh, some sand, or like, you know, drawing the line in the sand. That's what I mean to say. Um, saying something to the establishment in a sense, you know, to say, look, like this is completely unfair as you would say to anybody. Um, because in a sense, we're talking about, you know, human bondage here. Uh, so I don't know how you kind of view the system over time and all of that, but of course I think we've gone deeper into the aspect where it's, it is bondage. You know, and so when did that become okay again? You know, like when did it become um, allowed by the powers that be or, or the moral arbiters? Um, and why do we tolerate that today, especially upon younger and younger people? Well, yeah, I think, well, what one thing to do is kind of like... Um... 
Yeah, take advantage of the stuff that's like freely available out there. And to, as much as re, as much as possible, as much as, as much as as within reason, you know, there there are a lot of lot of tools available to people now, and um, things that didn't exist before, like you know, especially like with the internet. I think one of the challenges dealing with all that is like trying to stay focused on something. Try not to have your interests too scattered out among too many things, spread out among too many things. And, uh, yeah, the thing with debt, too, it's like it just seems so overwhelming. But um, it's it's just a matter of uh, I don't know how deep in debt you are. But I was, like, in serious debt. And, uh, yeah, I eventually had my student loans discharged. But um, it, it, yeah, it was... Uh, I think my my debt wasn't <clears throat> wasn't typical. It's pretty high, um, but it's like uh, yeah, different different. Uh, well, I mean, it's also use. part of the psychological situation that it puts you in. Like, yeah, there's all of this added stress that okay, we already live in a fucking stressful society, and you know, I've been through my own shit. Um, you know, they got the ACEs study out today that's really indicating what a lot of young people are going through in uh, homes across America. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that older people have not gone through anything. Like, I don't care about those kinds of divisions, but I'm just saying, you know, things are getting a little bit more difficult, especially in the social realm as well. So I'm saying, you know, there's there's factors that are adding up, you know, and what's also been kind of gutted is the uh, social support mechanisms like the church and so on. Um, some of the things that you've talked on there. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, in a sense, I have a little bit of an Americanist go get him attitude, you know, I'm thinking about that future we're going to have that business and there's all these ideas you know of what's going to come and doing the side hustle and all that shit you know making the empire the self or whatever but then there's also like you know what the hell is it even for um so yeah, right. obviously that's something that we kind of have to take into our own hands and so on but uh it is uh i don't know sad in a sense i guess retire early retire at uh i don't know i mean like looking back i mean as a 50 year old looking back i was like well i could have did this that or the other thing different and uh probably end up being able to where i could you know re yeah, retire at 50 and there's a lot of people that are doing that now which and then there's all kinds of of course resources and people talking about it early retirement and if, like, you look at what they're doing and stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's just, yeah, kind of re reframing your attitude and your approach to things and, like, uh, cutting out uh, unnecessary uh, stuff out of your life and, you know, paring down and making, making your life simpler. And then... Um, yeah, I talked to my brother about this kind of stuff, and he's he's done a lot in regards to like uh, 
getting getting a grip on his finances and stuff and it's like man he's really done some pretty impressive stuff as far as financially you know and uh but you know adopting these particular mindsets and then uh and i was thinking man if i had that knowledge early on I could have, yeah, really did something with that. And it's just like kind of, yeah, changing, looking at like what, for one thing, kind of looking at, yeah, we're living this consumerist culture and we're always being kind of encouraged to spend, you know, get, get, get our money, get our paycheck and spend it, spend it up. And then you end up like blowing money on a bunch of nonsense. But then, yeah, if you have some kind of strategy worked out and then you could like look at what other people are doing. Especially now with the internet and like these different websites and they have all this like, yeah, how to, how to pay down debt and what to do. And it's like, and, and, um, you know, you have like your budget, your budget and all that. And I'm not very good at that stuff. I never was really inclined toward that, but if, see somebody else that I ain't be, got time for that shit, man. I got to go to the club. Yeah. That's another thing too. And I kind of, I kind of got into that where it was like, yeah, I just didn't really give a shit about any of that stuff. But it's like, um, well, I don't know. Every circumstance is different, but uh, I can see if I would adopted that mentality of like not spending so much, so damn much money. And I kind of did later, but I wish I would have did more. But it was like, yeah, living below your means, and then like saving up money and paying shit off. But then it takes a while to kind of get into that mentality and to get it, to get it sort of uh, really entrenched into your behavior. But once you do, it's like it. Then it's it's automatic. It's like uh, if you go into something like that with that understanding, it's like well, if I stick with this, this is going to become automatic. Don't nihilism go so well together? Because it's like, hey man, there's no tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. But the thing is, too, like, you can have enjoyment with this approach to life to where, like, oh, yeah, I'm being frugal or whatever. I'm getting my crap sorted out. And you kind of turn that into a game and you kind of make enjoyment of that. And then you figure out ways of, like, how to keep yourself entertained and have fun and do things, like, on a budget. And then it doesn't suck the joy out of life like you would think. Cause I like to spend money. I mean, if I if I have money, I like to spend it. So I'm like, I'm I'm talking from a totally hypocritical place right now. <laughs> like if I get my like I, I'm not good with money. But it's like, um, all I'm saying that is like, if I would have knowing what I know now, going back in time, I would have like, okay, because I've done this before on a lot of different things where I've like set my mind to something. And then years later, I look back and say, well, that wasn't so hard as I thought it would be. It's just a matter of getting past that point to where it's it's an effort to where it doesn't become an effort anymore. It just becomes automatic. And it's like, man, I should have did that with my approach to money, which I did to some extent, but not not I didn't take it far enough. I didn't think. But um, well, with the subsequent problems I ran into, I don't know how much different what it, it difference it would have made but um yeah it's just yeah it's just adopting a different perspective on things and uh um realizing that yeah you you can get to a goal probably a lot quicker than you realize 
especially being younger, you think, oh man, that's gonna take for that's gonna be ten years in the future. That's gonna be taking forever, and it's like. Uh, but as you get older, you can look back on it and say, man, if I would have done that, and I and I would have started doing that, or say a savings account or something, and then like if when I thought about it, you know, ten years ago, or like, or back when I was like uh, gonna go buy Bitcoin and I didn't. <laughs> Shit like that, you know. I'm not saying buy Bitcoin or get any of that stuff, but it's like, um, just uh, yeah, savings account or something, you know, or paying down debt or whatever. And it's like, mm, if I would have been making more money, I could have paid more of it down. But then on the other hand, if like I didn't have a job, I couldn't pay it down. And it's all, it's all relative, is what I'm trying to say. And, and no, it seems like too, like even if you start making like a real good income, it's like, oh, well, I could always do better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I have a naive perspective where I'm thinking, look, if you're not really properly conscious to be accepting uh, these debt contracts, then I don't see the debt contract as really being valid. I see it as just kind of a Ponzi scheme trap. And uh, it's only going to be a matter of like how many people kind of, um, you know, uh, speak that truth out into the the ether. But of course, yeah, you're dealing with the numbers and what are people going to do? Most people are just going to kind of like pay it down, you know, play the game. Um, but I just think, you know, why don't people, why don't more people call out the Ponzi schemes? You know, it seems like a much simpler route, shortcut. Uh, I'm not even talking about a movement. I'm just talking about like, you know, look, if you're a cow on the farm, like, can you at least moo a little bit, you know, and that would just, that would just be a nice thing, you know, kind of uh, boost the morale a little bit here. Oh yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I've recommended too in the past, like, uh, yeah, if you could get out from under debt any way possible do it and don't feel guilty about it I, that's what i that's that's my take on it yeah you have no really reason to feel guilty because that's the thing too that's the, the whole psychological peer pressure stuff that's put on people is like oh you're they have we're being made to feel like this existential guilt you know this is i feel right, like part I of that whole changing images of man thing like who am i serving am i ser serving this money monster or am i serving the fact that you know i'm part of uh creation well yeah you're you're encouraged to adopt this mentality that you have some kind of like uh indebtedness to society and then like if you don't pay back this debt you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be a zero-sum situation where you're gonna take them you're going to take the food out of some somebody's child's mouth. It's like, that's not what's happening, man. Like if anything, the one that's taking food out of your child's mouth is like these, uh, people that are at the top of the system that are controlling it, you know, that generate the money out of, out of thin air, which is fine. Generate money out of thin air. It's nothing but like, but then to attach interest to it, it's like, okay, where does this money exist that's we're supposed to use to pay off of this interest on this giant debt? 
well, it doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, that's a problem. That's a real problem. I don't think, yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I operate generally like at my job. I just, you know, basically do it like washing my hands, basically, because that's what you got to do. But it's like when you are aware of these um, bits of information, it's, um, you know, it's like you want to look around and just be like, does does anybody else see how how rigged this game is? Do you see how we're, you know, having these uh, oppressive kind of measures implemented against us and all this time? So, you know, it's like I I see what you're saying. You know, you're offering a lot of you know good sage wisdom, you know, for the future and all of that. Just operating within that system, but it's also like you know, can we also just kind of acknowledge reality here, or is that is that just too too idealistic to even ex- expect those kinds of things from people? Because um, I'd like to think that it's not. Oh, for the average person, eh, I wouldn't even bother waste my time uh, trying to persuade. Yeah, try to point out that the the system is rigged. I don't know how anybody misses it, but apparently they do. They don't want to see it, that it's rigged. But the good thing about knowing that it's rigged is, like, not having the guilt. Because I don't have the guilt. I don't have the guilt, man. Like, uh, I just don't. I didn't pay off my student loan, and I, I, I could have, I couldn't have less guilt. Cause oh, but care. remember when you said that the new iteration of the mind control is more potent? Because I remember when you said that, Chris. And guess what? You are absolutely correct. There is a way to still keep the guilt um, while knowing about the system. Oh, really? Like, how's that? It's, I, I don't know, many factors, um, but I think that it is able to, be, like, they are able to do this. I'm, you know, just seeing that in uh, in my own experience, you know, it's like there is um, a way to, you know, keep the psyche in conflict over a lot of things, even if you have certainty in some realms. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh sure, yeah. It's like uh, I don't know. You ever completely, totally break free out of the conditioning? Completely, you know. What would that look like? That'd be interesting. Somebody completely broken free of their conditioning. What What would their behavior? Have be you ever seen a like? film called Drive? Mm, I don't think so. Drive. To look it up. Do you even watch films? Maybe you don't. Sometimes. Yeah, well, this is an interesting film, I, I find. Um, but I think it illustrates kind of where people um, can be... Uh, well, where where certain people may go awry within the system contending with it 
with its mind control kind of impositions. So is it about a Hollywood stunt driver who moonlights as a getaway driver? You know, and sort of the entropy that can be created from that. I'm just seeing if this is the right movie that I'm looking at. Yeah, that that is the correct movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I could say that. Um, no, I don't really. Uh, I don't anyway, really... I just find it to be a fascinating film. Okay, yeah, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, I like to watch the occasional movie. Um, typically, I end up just turning them off because I get bored, but um, not every movie. I mean, I've, I've watched plenty of movies all the way through. Uh, what are you like living in the real world or something you're trying to like titillate your mind on things which actually are tangible well I, I I do look at video but it's I tend to like I, I tend to like be more attracted to stuff that's just like content that people put out there on YouTube and stuff and um uh, yeah, just real opinions or real. I mean, like stuff that. I, yeah, it's least. It's least like it just comes across as like something genuine. Yeah, re things about real life. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, or something that yeah you potentially learn something from. You know, because like a, a good place to learn things is like from other people's experience. I think that's the best place to learn things. Um. Which is what you're going to get, even in an institution too. You're going to get a if you get a teacher, they're mainly going to be just conveying stuff that they know from firsthand or hands-on experience. You know, that's how you learn. So, like you know, you got YouTube and you got people, and it's like, oh well, they're not experts, but they're they're conveying stuff to you out of their life experience. Yeah, if they if they could demonstrate a skill or something and they could show it to you, and then it's like, yeah, that's how you learn. But, uh, yeah, you can educate yourself. I don't think there's any reason for anybody to go yeah, to university. There should be anymore. more of those opportunities in, uh, in the society where there is a lot of divide between the generations, I suppose. So what about this movie? This guy's a stunt driver. And then he Oh, he's got it. He gets in a heist. I like heist movies. Yeah, I do like heist movies. Yeah, he's uh he's a stunt driver. It's it, it's a bit of a heist, a bit of a noir film, and it's got some psychological components, which I enjoy. But, um, you know, it's also kind of a tale of, like, the modern warrior type. Mm -hmm. um, I think it kind of does a good job of saying, uh, you know, um, putting up the archetype of, you know, the knight in modern society. 
and it does kind of show um, the different tiers of the system and kind of coded symbology. It's got some like pagan symbolism in it. Like for instance, uh, this same director, Nicholas Winding Refn, he's done another uh, movie, and I know that Jay Dyer has done like a a uh, analysis of one of his films called Neon Demon um, that he didn't like um, for whatever reason. I can understand it to to an extent knowing his background and so on but um yeah he is uh he does use pagan symbolism and uh but i do think he does a good job of kind of portraying the tensions uh that can occur in this society and kind of like you know zooms in on just like a guy living in the city uh and who isn't necessarily conforming to the system standards but makes his way through you know working for hollywood and like doing money laundering operations basically or or, you know theft operations um and you know having to contend with the higher-ups the i think the in the film they're supposed to be masons the guys have like gold ties and all that Mm, okay (laughs) sounds interesting Have you seen the uh, it's On Silver Lake, I think it's called? It's pretty interesting to take a look at that one. It's got a lot of stuff in there that looks like it's kind of revelation of the method. Is that the one where the guy's, like, putting notes in the mailbox and then it's, like, getting to somebody else in the future? Well, he see stuff in lyric like song lyrics and he he starts kind of like looking at uh, stuff like that and he's kind of a conspiracy theorist type guy but then it turns out like some of his theories turn out to be correct and then he goes and kind of like leads them into this kind of underworld in Hollywood I guess Hollywood but uh yeah, so it's kind of a maybe a. Is it on Silver but, Lake? I'm gonna check I think that it's on out. Silver Lake. I, I don't think yeah, I've heard of that before. There's like a fake death scenario in there, and different stuff, kind of like that goes right in line with the stuff that we've brought up before on the call. Either the person that wrote the film or the screenplay of that film is up on a lot of conspiracy stuff or that's the thing about it it's like you see some stuff in films and it's like you know so called revelation the method and then you have to wonder it's like is this person writing this with this conspiracy knowledge already under his you know already under his hat and then this comes out with this stuff and then he kind of incorporates that into the screenplay or is like some people will suggest that oh you're looking at somebody with like true insider knowledge it's like mm, yeah I don't know how would you be able to tell it's like hard but then like yeah but you see so much of this stuff in film though like 
yeah, certainly Jay's pointed this out. It's like it's not it's not coincidental. But in like a smaller budget film, it's that's where I think it'd be definitely kind of not. It seems like there's a mitch, mixed batch. There's some people who don't seem to uh, get in trouble for the things that they put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Under the Silver Lake. What did I say? Uh, on Silver Lake. And the interesting thing about Hollywood is that there yeah, is a... Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, like the Dionysus cult operating out of like ancient Rome and there's a there's a location around ancient Rome uh, I was watching this documentary about it and I was going into it and it's like how it it's got the same geography topography as Hollywood and Hollywood has the lake and Hollywood and it's like that there's a and this place over in Europe that's like it's it's like this um it's 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 kind it's it's the same layout and everything, and it was like used for centuries as a place of human sacrifice, human sacrifice rituals and stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting, but it's all centered around like the Dionysus cult, which is like an old ancient cult. And right, like yeah. this is kind of disturbing today because it's like we think that we're watching this entertainment we think that we're just like having some kind of storyline we have this naive like childish idea about what these things are but they're they're not really even entertainment at all they have so much of this reality interwoven into them that it's it's something much different like i'm just thinking about you know how we conceptualize movies versus like what they actually are, how they're put together, the effort, um, and you know the intent behind it. It's so much different than that, and it does kind of reveal, you know, what's going on in the inner sanctum. Yeah, and you can watch a film and uh, pick up on stuff without even really understanding what they're referencing, but then at the same time, too, you can get a sense that okay, this. I'm look. They're showing something for a reason here, and you kind of know. And then maybe you can go and look up and see what uh, some other film analysts have pointed out about it. Or like, yeah, Jay's real good at that. He points stuff out. But uh, right, yeah, like there'll be like, but some movies are just loaded with stuff where it's like, yeah, you could just watch it over and over and pick up on different stuff each time. Uh, I don't know if this particular movie is one of those movies, but I, I know it does have a lot of st stuff in it. Um, yeah, but I think one of the things to it, it it references is like, yeah, that Dionysus cult and Hollywood and how how, how weird Hollywood is. Just as as it, yeah, it's just well, satanic or whatever. Yeah, well, it seems like Rome pretty much dove into the depths. I mean, uh, there's a book out there. Not that anybody should read it. I mean, if you really want to, you can, but it's called Boys for Sale. And 
there's uh, a lot of information about where Rome went and where other civilizations have gone and uh, the potential to steer people is uh, not gone. It's still here heavily and uh, interlaced with the media, obviously. So these films, you know, they do have a powerful impulse. Well, yeah, I mean, talking about this stuff, we're talking about how, like, yeah, the 9-11 and stuff is trauma-based mind control and how, uh, yeah, television, film and stuff, like they... Like the with the goal and objective is like to keep people in a soft kilter in a state of fear and stuff like that. And it's like another thing too, like you, that you could become aware of and in looking into this stuff kind of directly is that, um, or I, I've come to kind of come to the real, realization of this is like wow, like a lot of effort is put into keeping people in the state of uh, 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 mind, you know, and 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 propping up this um these ideas and maintaining the system like it is it takes a lot of effort it takes effort you know and it's like and then on the other hand too it's like you get a sense that who's ever in charge that's then, what yeah. struck me about the uh series called cold case files that i mentioned earlier uh-huh. that is from netflix is just how um because it's very minutely put together every segment and every action. You know, it clearly takes people who are highly effective in the realms of psychology, highly effective in production, and to understand the link between those two things, you know. And this is now something that's heavily promoted through that platform. And there's also nature shows. Like, I've noticed that um, there's something called, like, Night on Earth that now has been released on Netflix um, that is it's a bunch of footage of animals and so forth but it's um, every scenario kind of seems to be angled and put together in such a way that it heavily emphasizes predator prey relationships and mm. um, you know everything is very tense 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 uh, not saying that nature is not like that you know but it's like I think that we do tend to kind of miss that these things have some, an intent for the human mind that isn't just based upon we're just telling a story of how it is out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. See what you're saying. Yeah, we talked about this before about um, – because people will bring up – because they'll say, oh, yeah, well, the mass shootings has something to do with uh, violence in film or violence in video games. You know, you've heard that a lot. And uh, I, I've ran across, too, because it, it, uh, that's a good question. Oh, does, does does those depictions of violence in video games and films, does that contribute to violence in the wider society? And, that, of course, that question has come up. I've heard people say, like people that have understanding of psychology and how it works, is that no, it actually has the opposite effect. Maybe not on everybody across the board, but the reason why it's like it's like where you're talking about predator and prey. It's like if you're gonna take, if you're gonna put yourself into this 
fantasy scenario, whether you're watching a horror film or something like that, was it depicting violence? It's like, well, who are you in the film? Like, who are you identifying with? As are you identifying with the predator, or are you identifying as the prey? And and what and like, how is this stuff constructed? Is it is it set up to? Well, in the case of like a first person shooter, well, obviously you'd be like the predator, right? You're the guy going around and killing and doing the killing. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily put you in the position of being the being the prey. But at the same time, too, it's like I've heard it said that, like, yeah, if you if you um, expose people to like the simulated violence, it has the effect of like uh, just making people more kind of squeamish or skittish. Like it's kind of like it, you know, you have you you have the simulated violence and then like nothing happens. But at the same time, you have the kind of visceral resonance going on where it's like then it then it kind of like um instills this like avoidance behavior in people like they were were which you which totally the reason why that makes sense is that i've heard that's like what you um is is more and more common now is like you have it's more and more common especially among like the so-called millennial generation or whatever or whatever to to go way out of their way to avoid confrontation and that's more commonplace now. It's like people really want to avoid any confrontation. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, that that would make sense. And there is, I think it is because we're being wound up with more and more and more fear conditioning. Um, and I mean, as far as the response to the video games thing, the same guy who wrote the, um, passage that I was reading before he also basically contends in this book called the trauma spectrum which I think is amazing um, it is that yes these video games basically uh, are creating you know problems in the psyche because the mind is not able to on some level distinguish between the real and these depictions of things um, but he also talks about a phenomenon called irradiation. So basically what can happen is that there are certain stimuli which might be um, traumatic or create a conditioned response, but those over time um, unregulated uh, or undealt with basically will expand to greater and greater stimuli that are related to the original stimuli. So you could see how basically this would be um, a very uh, psychologically powerful mechanism because, you know, small things can become giant environmental problems. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think, too, like the, if you're looking at the violence in a – in media and then the corresponding decrease in violence in the culture which that's what we're told is going on and like there's been a there's been a drop in violent crime within the last couple of decades and it's like could you could you really pin that on like the inverse effect of violence in film causing less violence 
I, I don't know. There's, there's certainly probably some other factors involved. But then you have the circumstance, too, where people are raised on video games, and the video games are, are you know, pretty much about as violent as any anything is going to get, you know? Like, I mean, that's the whole goal of, like, many of the video games is just to go through and just shoot one one uh, bad guy after the other after the other for the whole duration of the game. Shoot, hack them in half, cut them. Like, there's, like, one game that came out. It's like a rehash of an old, uh, one of the original, they call first-person shooters, that game Doom. So they have a new version of that out, and it's like, wow, yes, yeah, even more graphic, and then the depictions of violence are, like, pretty... Um, Somewhat still cartoonish, but a lot more realistic than they were originally. And but the whole game is just yeah, that's your objective is to go yeah hack the zombies' heads off and cut them in half with chainsaws and do all this blow blow them the smithereens with shotgun. Um, that and then that being like the pretty much exclusive outlet for for aggression for young young men, especially young boys. And then if you express any kind of a, aggression at school or anything outside that context, it's like rapidly Yeah, they, they don't ab- yeah. Uh, get to Not have tolerated. their healthy aggression. Right, like you can't, there's no, uh, maybe other than sports or some kind of, yeah, some kind of uh, organ, but it's always going to be within the context of some regimented, organized activity then you can like get some of that energy out, but it's not really necessarily in the form of aggression. But like when you play video games, you're it's like it's it's just open, every everything's on the table. Then you can like yeah go just spend all spend all your extra time just slaughtering hordes of virtual demons, humans, or whatever. And then that's kind of like the only acceptable outlet for that aggression. Yeah, and and there seems to be even a social taboo against people expressing the healthy aggression and it's not properly identified, but uh, maybe that could have to do also with the fact that the feminist stuff has taken off and so there isn't as much um, just open allowance of the males to express whatever aggression they have. And uh, there's plenty to be dissatisfied with that would uh you know require that yeah i mean like in, in this environment too you could you could see that a case being made for like a young man just snapping just going crazy and taking a gun to school and shooting up a bunch of people um but is that really true? Does that really is that the way it really works? Um, no, but I think actually what's creating the violence is the program called the authoritarian personality, which was basically a dec- declaration of mind warfare against the American male, and that what's been under that has been entertainment, porn and all of the things which destroy uh, the male psyche. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the authoritarian personality. Yeah, I've heard of that. Or what is that? Adorno. Yeah, but I mean, I think anybody could basically take that plan and see where it goes. I mean, obviously, if you want things to stay the way that they are, you have to make sure that the males are not able to channel properly their energy. And uh, they have been successful at that. That's been through alchemy and other uh, means. Obviously, they're very good at it. Yeah, uh, that's been pointed out before. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And video games. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and video games. Now they got uh, VR, which you could put on a virtual reality headset and go into VR worlds and get high on uh, GMO weapons-grade military weed at your dispensary. And you can get on your VR console and get... And they got that government pot, so you can take the pot while you're killing VR drones. So what is going to be the result of a generation of young men that have pretty much done that exclusively through their developing years from their, like, uh, going into adolescence up through adulthood playing hours and hours and hours of VR slaughter while they're high on uh, industrial grade weed what will that do like what will that what will happen how does that shape the brain what is that how does that wire the brain what is it what is it going to be the end goal of that? That's an interesting question. Like, what is going to be the what is going to be the product? Are we where are we seeing it now already? I think we are right with uh, generations being brought up, and from the time and I've seen this too. Like, you like toddlers, like uh, get like an iPad for their ber- two year old birthday or something. Oh, here you go. Here's you. Uh, this will keep you entertained. It's like, holy crap. And yeah, like Steve Jobs said, he's like, yeah, he wouldn't give his children an iPad, not in a million years. You see people all the time around here just giving their kids an iPad, and they're like two years old, and then they're themselves flipping through their iPhone. Right, yeah. Like, what is that going to do, though? I wonder, like, but they got the kid games on there. They're for kids. It's it's age appropriate. It's like, uh Real, I mean, yeah, it's like keeps them entertained for hours, and then they have videos on on um, YouTube for kids, and like uh, like you look at some of those, and they'll have like millions of views. And I'll say, well, ah, that's like a lot of views. Like, what is this? Is like some video for kids, and it's like they'll say too, like. Um, like children will no man i mean from the beginning i have thought that those are suspects 
they we we don't even know who's producing those what kinds of coded messages and shit i mean that's basically prerequisite mind training oh it's perfect like how can how could it not be any more perfect than that like you have okay you, you people are just just commonplace now to just hand a toddler hand them an ipad and then they go they want to watch you kid youtube for kids dial up youtube for kids and watch watch the kid kitty content and watch the video over and over and over and oh they said like the child will watch the same video like a hundred times or something like that like a lot like they'll watch the same thing over and over and over and over like uh they said that's that's really common like when they've studied behavior on and I was like, well, yeah, where's all the information on this, too? I'd, I'd like to know. Like, who, who's, who's... Well, I remember working at a summer camp for a while, and, you know, these kids were, like, repeating all kinds of uh, phrases and so on from the top musical artists that were on the radio. And that, at that time, which was only a couple of years ago, I mean, that disturbed me just how how easily they could kind of get those earworms in for them, you know, and that's just cycling constantly in itself. Oh, right. Yeah. You can just imagine like the, the effect of the, uh, yeah, the, the, the tablet. And it's like the child can go and then they can get their indoctrination. And then you look at the stuff that's out there and then it's obviously aimed toward children, but then it's like ostensibly adult content, and it's like designed to appeal to children. And then that's what that COPPA thing I think was like supposedly put out to address some of that stuff. But it's like, no, they're not gonna, they're not gonna deal with it because that's what it's designed for. It's designed to like to get this. Uh, because yeah, that like if you look at the stated goal of like people that are like uh yeah the technocrats and the the managerial classes and stuff, they're saying oh yeah the head start was like a big a big goal they wanted to achieve, like to get children at an earlier age like five years old that's not early enough they got the pre K now, so you want to start the conditioning early as possible I guess. Whatever they're at the point that they could yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised um if they basically just want to kind of meet things in the middle they want to take the children's content and they want to move that more adult they want to take the adults content and they want to bring it down to a degenerate level so that those things kind of meet in the middle and uh, i mean i don't have any uh, doubts that they really want to fully animalize all people and equalize us in a very uh, sick way. Well, yeah, that's like part of the reason. Like I was looking into like what's going on with the uh, comic book, you know, the comic book arena as far as like being a cultural, uh, yeah, some just the cultural aspects of that. Especially since yeah, now we have these uh, movies that are really popular and they're centered around these characters, you know, these superheroes and stuff. And which is funny, like a lot of the stuff. It was like, okay, I remember 
yeah, when I was a kid, that that stuff was around. I mean, the same characters, and then they kind of they've just recycled them into the modern. Now that they're going to this phase where like they're they're completely revising all that stuff, and it's like, yeah, okay, what are they doing with all this? But like, um, oh, there's a point I was I lost it. Yeah, I'm getting kind of tired. That's all right, man. I don't know what time it is where you're at, but it's like three o'clock in the morning here. Oh, really? Yeah. I, right. I'm just glad that you took my call, man. I didn't expect to actually be getting on with you. I've been a, a fan for a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, you, you're going to go by the handle, uh, mind space art. What, what's a good shorthand for that? Mark. Mark. Yeah, well, you know, I I was like doing art for a while. I had like pages on Instagram and stuff like that, but I kind of like took all that down. But it was like going under MindSpace art. Cool. Yeah, I uh, talked about this before, but I was I'm gonna put a art link on the blog, and then have links to people's art uh, yeah Adam Miller he lives out in Massachusetts he's an artist different artists that listen to the calls and stuff too I want to want to have a, a a page set up for art listener art I want to put my own art up there um, so yeah anybody that's listening yeah I would, I would definitely yeah. send something in and also, I had a question. Do you know, like, does John just not get on the calls anymore? He's not going to do it? Uh, not in the foreseeable future, no. He's kind of like a, he had that uh, issue come up with his family, and it was related to the stuff, and so it's like, uh, so that that's what it's, what it, uh, that's where it's at. It's as far as like, yeah, just causing a lot oh, of I problems with his family, and he's not gonna have that going on. Or it's uh yeah, it was a, it was just a messed up deal, and uh, yeah, I understand. But uh, all right, well, yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Um. I mean, like, I, I didn't know anything that actually happened. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, been nice to chat. Thank you very much. And I guess I'm just going to sign out. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, call in again, man. Uh, it's a good call. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Hi, man. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Take care. All right, everybody. It's uh, February 4, 2020 was February 3rd, 2020. Now it's February 4th, 2020. And it's Tuesday. It's no longer Monday. Yeah, we go into the wee hours in the morning. Looks like everybody's pretty much tuned out, except for we've got a few guests still on. Hopefully we'll do it again next Monday night. Wow, go almost six hours. We're going to do a solid six hours. I could keep I could keep just running, running my yapper. Just keep running it.
run my yapper never stops moving yeah especially if you like listen to every call back to back in succession it's like that dude never shuts up ever he never shuts up like uh no you don't i mean i don't necessarily recommend everybody doing that but the reason why I brought that up is like if you go to hoaxbustercall.co, I put a link to the 24-hour, 24/7 stream. Which like if you're interested, I like yeah, you want to have something going on in the background while you're doing your art or you're playing your ultra-violent video games and you're on your uh, you're smoking your dope and you're on your violent video games and you you can listen to like hoaxbusters call stream in the background and what that will do is it'll, it'll completely counteract whatever negative effect that any of that other stuff that you do has so that's one benefit of listening to the hoaxbusters call stream so you can be engaged in any kind of like degenerate activity and at the same if you're listening to hoaxbusters call stream at the same time it completely negates whatever like if you're eating like you're just gorging yourself on fried food and listening to hoaxbusters call stream it just completely negates whatever ill effects that you had when you're eating uh yeah horrible food or anything drinking excessively whatever it counters it counters all of that neutralizes it it's kind of like putting uh uh, what's a good analogy? I don't know. You know what I mean. All right. Uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Thanks, Kelly, coming on. Appreciate that. I wish her call quality was better because at the end there, her qual her call quality just went to went to bits. The the packets got corrupted or something. Uh. And then Mind Space Art, good call, man. Uh, right. And then I feel like I'm forgetting something. Or I started saying something and I got off track. What was it? Oh, the 24-hour stream. HoaxbustersCall.co. There's a link to it, the 24-hour stream. And then I put a link, like, to how to set up your own pirate radio station. So if you've set up a pirate radio station, then you could like put the hoaxbusters call 24 stream into the pirate radio. And then you could insert the, your own programming into it and all that, but you'd have 24 hour streaming content that you can run on your pirate radio station. So there's a link to that. Um, but yeah, don't break the law. I'm just saying like if you have like a a broadcast, FM broadcast, you can broadcast it in international waters, I guess. That's legal. So if you like actually have a pirate ship and you actually have pirate radio on your pirate ship, you could do Hoaxbusters Call streaming on the un uncharted waters. I'm getting stupid right now because I'm, like, kind of getting tired. But anyway, yeah, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Uh, going to end the call right now. Talk to you all later. Have a good night. Take care. Your line has been dis- 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.